Hey guys, it's Sleeper Kid here with uh, Wrestling With Fetish, and we are back with a brand new episode in the midst of what can only be called near apocalypse. Um, I am uh, here with uh, a friend of the website and uh, someone who we're going to discuss the world of female wrestling with, um, or female combat, and mixed combat to a degree. Uh, this is Dan. Say hello. Hello. How is everybody today? I hope you're um, all doing well. Yeah, I want to extend that. I want to extend that sentiment. I hope that this finds you guys okay. It's a pretty trying time right now uh, for the country and the world, and a and, uh, lot of shit going on, and we hope that, uh, that this finds you well. Uh, I've been using podcasts to to kind of you know get my mind off of stuff, and I hope uh, this provides you with a little bit of an escape. But um, this is going to be um, kind of a deep dive into female combat, mixed combat as a genre within the fetish community. Uh, not so much. We're not going to go into the, the more professional side of it um, just because, you know, that's not the kind of podcast this is. Yeah. And but, that's a different kind of rabbit hole in and of itself. I know. Yeah. And I'm going to I'm going to have a beer, too, because we're going to we're just going to kick back like a couple of guys who uh, are within safe distance. And uh, <laughs> and we're going to do the thing. Uh, so what we're going to do is start off with um, a bit of a history because uh, you know way more than I do. I, I actually thought that, the you know, this stuff started in the 50s and 60s, but it goes all the way back to the 30s, right? 20s and 30s. Yeah, so, you know, a, a pro wrestling without doing a, a pro wrestling for everybody, but all, all pro wrestling, you know, in one way, shape, or form kind of came out of the carnivals, uh, carnival sideshows and, and, and mobile attractions. Uh, and the, the beginnings of it have existed since the early 19th century, well, early, uh, late 1800s. Uh, you know, there, there were people who were already learning uh, different styles of catch wrestling. Now, women kind of first, the first name that tends to come up with women's wrestling uh, is uh, Mildred Burke. And Mildred Burke was a, a female wrestler, uh, wrestled men also competitively. Uh, but her and her husband, Billy Wolf, uh, were part of the National Wrestling Alliance and the famous NWA that ran all of pro wrestling from uh, basically the, the 1930s mm -hmm. uh, up, up until, to some extent, uh, I mean, they still exist. The organization still exists. It just doesn't have the power it used to. But uh, so, yeah, Mildred and her husband uh, got it going uh, to a certain degree and uh, that lasted until the 50s for Mildred. She had a break from the NWA. Uh, June Byers, Byers or Briars, uh, ended up uh, kind of becoming the big name after that. And then the name that a lot of folks, uh, speaking pro, because at this point it was still mainly known only through pro wrestling, it had not become quite uh, a kink yet to, to, to a certain extent. Uh, but the fabulous Moolah. In, yeah. in, uh, kind of she ran the show for a long period of time and then uh, so when you look at those those days up until the the 80s the only real you know and then the 80s you have the rock and wrestling and everything that evolved from that but when you think about it from a kink perspective and a fetish perspective uh, you know cat fighting and whatnot the the 60s and and Rick uh, uh, from FWR he, he could probably speak to this even a little bit better than I could but mm -hmm. uh, the 60s and 70s is when you started seeing kind of the eight, uh, eight millimeter videos of like cat fights being available and, you know, uh, 
you know, mud wrestling kind of being something that you might see in a wrestling magazine. And then, yeah. And by that time, people like, like Mildred Burke and Mae Weston and, and, you know, Joyce Grable, like, I, I don't know if they, they're already getting to be a little long in the tooth. So. Oh yeah. And, and they weren't, they were never part of that, that kink aspect of it. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's, there's always, cause even back then pro wrestling wasn't really, you know, there was a sense of pageantry to it, but I mean, they were largely treated as, as pretty legitimate athletes, even up until the 80s. Uh, female wrestlers, you know, uh, while there were plenty of very attractive people, they were still very tough women. It, oh, yeah. You know, and some were, some were legitimate shooters. They could kick the shit out oh, of them. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I think it was so, like, what, uh, like Penny Banner and people like that? And like, yeah. Like uh, you know, Sharon Lassie, really, I mean, some big, powerful women. Mm hmm. And so they, they were never viewed as, as, you know, what you would call cheesecake at, at the time. You know, they, mm. they, these weren't just pinup girls. These were tough, strong women. And so it, it wasn't until, you, you know, those eight millimeter videos started to kind of circulate a little bit. And, you know, you'd have the photo sets and, and uh, you know, different wrestling magazines at the apartment wrestling. You really begin to see female wrestling truly become a, a kink and a fetish in the VHS era and, and which is really when you see, you know, pornography explode into a different format as it is. Even then, uh, weren't there a couple of, um, Oh God, I think it looked like almost like 35 millimeter, uh, classic, almost kinky wrestling, um, videos that were floating around back in the seventies or sixties. It, it wasn't oh, yeah. even, yeah, I just, I forgot what it was. I remember there was a, a long time ago I came across, um, a couple of clips that were they were actually pretty racy like and they looked yeah, like they were shot even, almost like with a hand crank camera yeah well even betty page you know i mean betty page did a couple of cat fight videos you know mm-hmm. and, and how can you not love betty page you yeah. know uh just like with anything i mean there was from the <laughs> i'm willing to bet that you know within an hour of somebody you know inventing the first motion picture camera you know, Thomas Edison creating his version of Frankenstein with his motion picture camera. Within two hours, mm-hmm. he probably tried to make a porno. You know, uh, it, it, I just don't see it happening any other way. And then, <laughs> or maybe Nicholas Tesla did, and then Thomas Edison stole the idea, you know, one way or the other. <laughs> but, uh, you know, aspects of these things, that they, they've been around for a long time. It was just, where was the access to it, Right. Uh, so, you know, collectors, you know, probably know there's probably some guy who's maybe not listening to this because he's pretty long in the tooth himself. But, uh, you know, somebody's grandpa somewhere, uh, you know, uh, and again, I, I know you always tell me I don't have to excuse my language, but excuse my language. Uh, you know, somebody's great granddad was jacking off to, to you know, a, a 35 millimeter hand crank of, of two girls, you know, rolling around on the floor in their panties. Yeah, sure. Know, and, it might have been Elvis because uh, I've read that he had a fetish for that. Oh, did he really? Yeah, that, that, it's uh, it's it's kind of been rumored back and forth, but uh, a couple different sources, uh, you know, have said that that he he liked to see uh, young women, you know, wrestling in uh, in white panties. That was something that was a big thing for him. Uh, so you know, if it, if it's good enough, oh for well, the truth, shit, all hail, yeah, all hail the fucking king. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, let's go to, so let's get into the, the thick of it in terms of more recent stuff. Uh, Cause we, you know, for those who don't know, um, and if you don't, I'd love to know why, but <laughs> I, I've been doing this, uh, I've been doing a company called SKW Sleeper Kids World for almost 20 years now. Um, and, um, and we, you know, pretty much do um, female combat, a mixed combat. We also do different themes, everything from pro wrestling to martial arts to, you know, I mean, assassin versus ninja versus superheroine. Um, and uh, and it's, it's a weird road that I've walked down, but it's been very <laughs> enlightening to 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 notice that you know you don't need to go full um nude to to really get yeah. you know to get people's attention anymore and uh, and so let's get into i guess the, the first phase of this podcast would be how we got into uh into wrestling to mm -hmm. begin with so if you want to go ahead and think yeah tell us uh, tell us your story uh, how did you uh what caught you about this how old were you like you know how did it evolve so on and so forth well, you know, I, I, I think uh, we've talked about this before. You know, everybody is exposed to something at some point in their youth that, that strikes a tone. Uh, mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe you don't know where exactly it came from, but, you know, something happened. You see a picture of something in your formative years, uh, and that just happens to, to strike a chord with you. And, you know, for me, I was always a, you know, a, a pro wrestling fan as a kid. Uh, it, was a, it was a constant thing in my house. And, uh, you know, I, I was probably, you know, between six and eight years old when I, I, I saw my first woman's match. And, uh, you know, there wasn't a sexual feeling at the time, but there was an excitement there. You know, I, I knew this was something kind of interesting. And, uh, you know, th th that was always kind of a sporadic thing. You didn't see it a lot on, uh, you know, on any of the major promotions, but it would pop up now and then. Uh, and you know, that uh, kind of gave birth to it. And then wrestling itself, uh, the, the pro slash fantasy aspect of it, as opposed to a competitive aspect, because they're very separate for me, uh, kind of struck a tone and kind of created its own, you know, weird feelings. Because th there's a lot going on. We've talked about that. You know, th there's, there's pageantry, there's submission, there's domination. Uh, but uh, probably by the time I was 12 uh, or 13, it, it was pretty ingrained that this was this was something I was into I, I, I enjoyed the sight of it and I would uh, you know it, it, I would seek it out if I could if you know if I knew that uh, you know if, if in TV guide they mentioned something about oh you know on the fall guy uh, you know there, there's gonna be an episode about women's wrestling I'd make sure to watch that episode you know and uh, you know BJ and the bear had an episode where there was mud wrestling in it and that struck a chord with me and uh, you know in those early days of VHS and whatnot, you, you would sometimes, even in a regular video store, not an adult video store, there, there might be a, a cover that had some kind of, you know, titillation there that had a wrestling aspect to it. And so all of that lays a groundwork. Uh, but again, this was, you know, we come from a, a similar era and I feel, you know, uh, listening to your podcast when Rick from FWR was on, I, you know, I, I felt for Rick because, you know, access was very different for people of his generation and people of our generation there's a there's a pretty big gap between just him and us but you know and people now there was no internet there was no i'm going to be able to just type something in a space bar and have this flood of what i might have a kink for exposed to me yeah, uh, yeah. it was okay i'm at best i'm going to find something 
that's you know that hits that mark for me in a in a vanilla type wrestling magazine. And some of them did have stuff like that. There, there'd be ads for, for VHS tapes or photo sets and whatnot uh, that you would see. And that would kind of be a little fuel for the fire, uh, so to speak. Uh, but then, you know, as you got older, you know, there was no privacy of your own home uh, of enjoying these things. You had to, you know, face the shame of walking behind the right corner in the newsstand, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, and then that long walk to the counter with whatever it was you were carrying and, you know, okay, I'm going to buy, you know, uh, th three comic books, you know, two, two uh, wrestling eyes, a playboy and, you know, uh, naughty squirrel girls roll on the floor, you know, and, you know, you had to face that shame. Uh, so it was, it was a different world. You know, and you, you felt a little dirt, dirty for it, which, uh, you know, I don't think that shame goes away. I'm sure that there's some people listening who are ashamed for the things they have kinks about and whatnot. And oh, yeah, about. yeah, most Dude. definitely. And we, we can get into that on a different podcast. Yeah. We could talk about that for yeah. hours. But but yeah, yeah no, so, you're, you're, you're right. Yeah, it's, it's always there. And so that was, you know, it, it, it started young. And then uh, it, it wasn't until my teenage years that there was more access to things like this, uh, you know, through, through some of those mail order catalogs, you know, I was able to order a couple of VHSs, which I'd stash away in a hidden box. And, uh, you know, and, and that, that's where I was first exposed to some of the companies at the time. And that was where, you know, everybody has their own, uh, their own specific flavors of whatever their kink is. And I think female combat, it's amazing because, you know, when you consider uh, vanilla porn or whatever, just, you know, uh, I don't think you can even do quotation mark regular porn anymore. But, you know, if, if somebody's into blowjobs, right, watching blowjobs, sure, you know, there's some variations they might like. They might like to see a certain thing when they watch a blowjob video. But a blowjob's kind of a blowjob, you know. Female combat is not like that for those of us who have that kink. Yeah. It gets, it's such a big world that it can encompass. And most people who have that kink have very particular triggers. Oh, we're going to get into that. We're going to get yeah. into that. So, yeah. so uh, the thing that seems like you have, well, before I go on to, to my side of it, because I do want to keep things kind of parallel. Um, what uh, was there like a, just a capture moment, like a, like an aha moment in your life where you were seeing something for the first time. Was there any one particular piece of footage that made you go, Holy shit, this is, this is something that's going to be a, a part of my, um, I guess a part of my life. <laughs> my, my, my permanent spank bank. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, let's see for, for me, it would be glow. Uh, and, and, from a particular match. And for, for anybody who doesn't know what Glow was, uh, and the Netflix series is a great, great representation kind of what was going on there. But Glow was a, a very, very cheesy cheesecake women's wrestling promotion uh, that was always meant to be more of a variety show than an actual wrestling promotion that was around in the uh, late 80s uh, for three seasons. Uh, and you know, never before in the world of women, you know, you'd see women's wrestling uh, on like, you know, WWF or one of the other promotions. And it's, it was still very straightforward. There was no especially revealing costumes. It'd be a leotard, you know, and, 
if you got lucky, maybe it was a little bit too snug on somebody and you'd, you'd see a little cheek there, but that was about it. Uh, glow, <laughs> things were hanging out everywhere and, you know, uh, they, they were very liberal with their camera angles and uh, for, for a young man, very uh, young man, that was uh, amazing. It was absolutely amazing. Yeah. And uh, so uh, for me, uh, there were actually two. And, and I think that these two kind of set up a tone uh, for how that, that kink would grow in me. Uh, so th there was a heel wrestler, a bad guy is known as a heel in wrestling for, for those who aren't part of the initiated. Uh, there was a heel, a, a Russian uh, heel named Nanochka, very powerful girl, uh, very beautiful. Uh, she always played very stern, but she was uh, very attractive. Uh, and she was wrestling. Yeah, she was one of the. She was one of the first. Uh, uh, she. It was one of the first times I really recognized somebody as a heel, like yes. just a, just a well a well thought out kind of you know heel perfect, character. Perfect heel character, and uh, so she had, she had a match with uh, uh, Ashley Cartier, who was a very busty and gorgeous redhead, uh, and uh, throughout most of her match, she's just. Uh, putting her in bear hugs and just squeezing the life out of her uh, all while Ashley is just kind of whining and screaming. And uh, that, that left a mark that, that is still something I love to this day. And what about then, the, uh, the attire? Was there something about what they wore or is uh, uh, that something you can either take or leave? Uh, for, in, in that one, it, it was, it was kind of take or leave. I mean, uh, because you know, Nanachka's attire was, was a leotard and leggings. There was nothing really revealing there. So, for her, it was about her attitude and her dominance. Uh, actually, you know, there's everybody's suit and glow tended to border on the thong range, which was always nice and always will be. And uh, so her attire wasn't especially. You're such a pig. <laughs> I'm a horrible person. Uh, but th there was another glow match uh, with uh, the, the the Southern Bells, who were the most. Uh, Jobberific, and, and uh, again, for the lexicon, jobbers are people who are perpetual losers. Uh, and they, they were, when, when you look back on it, it was an incredibly racist gimmick. Uh, like, the, the Glow was... Oh, oh yeah, they, they painted with a very broad brush. Horrible, bo bottom of the barrel in terms of their stereotypes. Uh, but, but two very attractive blonde women uh, in uh, one wore, you know, like kind of pastel blue and one wore pastel pink. And they, they, they were thong-backed, but they had leggings on as well. But you still, you, you knew what was there. And they would just get the crap kicked out of them by everybody. Uh, and, and usually be humiliated in the process. Uh, and that kind of set a tone for uh, really liking jobbers as it came to wrestling. Seeing somebody who was had no hope of defeating the person they were up against. And I think this, this will segue well into, into your background. Uh, you know, and, and, you know, somebody who's just totally out of their depth uh, and just having the tar beat out of them in one way, shape or form and being utterly by the end of things, being utterly submissive and humiliated by whoever the dominant person is. And uh, you know, as your, as your kinks develop over time, uh, that power play would end up being a very, very big thing for me in a lot of different ways. Uh, and so like I could look back to that and kind of say that was probably the, the first real trigger because 
you didn't you saw a jobber and heel things in regular pro wrestling uh yeah but you didn't see them to quite that extent with the females as you did in glow so that really that kind of set a groundwork and i, I think that's probably true for a, a lot of uh, wrestling fans uh, our age uh, who have this fetish mm. i agree um i think um with me it was um it came from, um, you know, growing up and, and like my cousins and my brother and I would, would be, I mean, deeply into just pro wrestling in general. Like I grew up during the Hulk Hogan, you know, Roddy Roddy Piper days. And the only female wrestler that we were really exposed to at the time was Wendy Richter. And uh, usually her matches were, you know, she had like that one long-standing uh rivalry with uh you know moolah mm-hmm. um i remember there was even a cartoon there was a saturday morning cartoon. cartoon oh man it was so bad uh but uh but at the time i thought it was amazing um but, uh, but yeah and so from that every weekend my sister and my brother and i would watch pro wrestling and they had i remember i lived in miami at the time and there was a six to seven hour block of wrestling uh, every Saturday night. And we would just start watching like at eight o'clock and it would go all the way to like three or four in the morning. And my parents would always kind of let us stay up and watch. Um, and uh, that's where we really got schooled in, in terms yeah. of, you know, what jobbers were. And, and we didn't know what the terminology, obviously. But, yeah. Yeah. You weren't smart up to it yet. Yeah. But you're a kid and you see something like, I mean, cause we had seen nothing but like WWE at that point. Or uh, I guess it was WWF at the time, mm-hmm. and um, and then suddenly you get these small, like just, just like Southern <laughs> uh, federations, everything from Tennessee to Alabama to Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you would get these small feds doing their one hours, and you would start learning names like Arn Anderson and Sting and um, Ric Flair and. I mean, the Four Horsemen, and then you would see these matches where it was like these big powerful burly guys versus these tiny not tiny but just smaller you know good looking kind of like clean cut guys and of course you knew as a kid you're like well that guy's gonna eat shit like he's about to yeah. destroy and we didn't know that we were watching jobbers because it would be you know they wouldn't even give the guy a name they'd be like oh in this corner some dude yes. you know <laughs> and um and then uh, you would, you know, you'd see the match and you'd applaud because you secretly kind of rooted for the bad guy. And it was a really interesting thing as a kid, you know. Um, and then around four in the morning or three in the morning, because that's the spot they gave to the ladies, you would get LPWA, which is the mm-hmm. Ladies Professional Wrestling Association. And that's when I started to see people like Allison Royal and like Cindy Paradise yeah. and Cheryl Rusa and, you know, and uh, and that blew me out of the water because I was just yeah. like, wait, women do this, you know? So that was my first real exposure to women doing it. Um, and then the first time I ever saw a real heel squash was Allison Royal versus, uh, I believe it was the Beast. Yep. Who was this big, just burly woman with like a very short haircut. Tank. Oh, yeah. Tank. Yeah. And they, there would be no, I mean, it wasn't a match. It was literally just a squash match. So yeah. the, the crowd would have some. Yeah, and so then uh, the the other one that I saw was uh, the Beast versus Malia Hosaka and uh, Cindy Paradise, and there was one with like I think it was the two girls. I forgot what they were called. Um, you had like Rock and Robin and people like that, yep. and um, and it would always Jake be the squash. She's actually Jake the Snake's sister. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> I'm just going to have you in the background of all the future <laughs> podcasts. I am full, full of useless wrestling knowledge. It's very, very sad. If I could use it for anything resembling profit, I would be Vince McMahon at this point. Well, one of the questions I get asked a lot now is like, well, do you watch 
pro wrestling on TV. And I'm just like, no, I don't. Cause I, I'm, I'm so consumed with shooting it as a kink yeah. that I just don't have the time, you know? Yeah. Um, every once in a while I'll totally catch it on TV, like accidentally and I'll watch it and I'll be like, that was cool. But I just haven't gotten into watching a show like that since I think the rock left. Um, yeah. I, I haven't, uh, I, I started to watch, uh, I, I watched some this weekend actually for the first time, mm. all, like r- really watched it. Like I follow a couple of the, 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 the forums and whatnot. Uh, so I have like an idea what's going on, but, uh, but I haven't, yeah, I, I, I don't really, I, I think, you know, the business changes and you know, your interests change as you get older and whatnot. And you long for how things were when you were a super fan. And when you see that it's not quite the same anymore, you, you lose a little bit of, uh, it loses some of its luster for you, you know, whether you're busy or whether, you know, you just, I mean, with as much stuff as you produce, I mean, time is, I think, kind of probably at a premium for you. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so um, let me go back to that. So I, when, I was, when I was watching uh, that, that bled into uh, Glow, which was what, like, yep. 89 90 something like that yeah 80, um, i think i think between 88 and 90 was the three seasons and going back to what you were saying earlier that that's actually something that that i did watch some some wrestling um a friend of mine came over and he just put put on a show and uh the the thing that i noticed is i mean it was very impressive i mean some of the moves that these guys and girls are, are coming up with are just fucking amazing um and i've definitely stolen some from my from my website yeah. but but no i i feel like the psychology is is kind of gone now because like um let me go back to what i saw so the thing that I loved about classic eighties wrestling was of course there was just the bad guy, good guy dynamic and the, the face, which is the baby face, the good guy who comes out and everyone wants to, you know, wants him to win. Then there's a jobber where's the guy who comes out and you're like, yeah, he's not, he's not doing shit today. Uh, but that's, that's kind of gone now. Now it's just, it's always yeah. like, here's a badass versus another badass. And they're both cocky and they're both kind of assholes. And then it's just, the ring psychology and not saying this for all the matches that I've seen, but for, for the most part, it's a lot of like high spot, high spot, high spot, yeah. high spot, high spot, and then a really big high spot. And then the end. So there's yeah. none of that, like, Hey, I got to work this move or I'm going to work this body part. You know, all that stuff is kind of gone from mm-hmm. what I saw. Uh, well, so- it, it is, it, it, you know, it, and it, it was a change uh, not to get too streamlined with it, but it, but it, it plays a part into the kink in, in a sense is, you know, the, the old theory was you have somebody destroy the jobber, you know, multiple jobbers each week to show how big of a badass they are, right? And, uh, and that, was, that was good enough for people on TV. And then you would save them wrestling another, you know, person of value for the big shows, you know, for something special. Uh, because it wasn't all driven by TV ratings yet. And then, uh, so you would have more psychology in the matches and, and, you know, you, you would, when two people who were kind of a value would, would wrestle, you had to protect both of their reputations. Somebody was going to win, somebody was going to lose, but you had to make them both look good in the process. Right. Uh, you didn't have that problem with the job or you were allowed to make them look bad. Uh, that, that was their pure existence was to make the other person look even better. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah and then, true. uh, when, when wrestling had its second boom period in the late 90s, uh, you know, the Monday Night Wars, as they call them, and you had to have every, every match had to seem like a big match. And every wrestler 
had to be an important wrestler. You had to make everybody a superstar. And the problem with that is that when everybody is special on your show, nobody's that special on your show. You know, in the middle ground, you have two or three people who become absolute stars who are above everybody else, but a lot of people are just kind of middle of the road. And it's, it's the bad guy from the Incredibles uh, syndrome, which is like once right. everyone has superpowers, no one's special. Exactly. And, and yeah. And that's, that's kind of w w where that got lost. Absolutely right. And, uh, and so what I, what I saw when I was younger really shaped what I wanted to do as a producer, even though I, I had no idea that was going to happen. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it wasn't until I, cause I didn't have a computer. Um, I, my, you know, the thing I think that you had that I didn't have coming up in this, in this world was probably a little more access to, to, to disposable cash. Yeah. Um, well, I, go ahead. I, I wasted my disposable. I had, <laughs> I, I had two things going for me. I had privacy because uh, I did have two older brothers, but they were, they were much older than me. So they had moved out of the house and, uh, and I, I, I got a job when I was 13 and wasn't really that interested in getting a car. Uh, so I, you know, a, a lot of my, my work money, even in my teenage years went to my kink even back then. Yeah. And I couldn't do that. Like the first time that I ever saw it as a kink, obviously with glow, there was that titillation um, in terms of the outfits and the fact yeah. that they were wrestling, but, but for it wasn't me, flat out kink. And we are going to probably do, we'll do an episode on the sleepy kink uh, on the sleepy mm -hmm. knockout kind of thing that that's also tied into wrestling uh, at a later date. But my thing you know, watching a lot of the earlier LPWA uh, and even some stuff that was, I don't even, I don't remember the feds. There was a couple of matches I, I remember that ended in a big knockout, like a big, like, mm -hmm. Hey, someone just got, you know, splashed and they're just laying yeah. there not moving or they just took a huge brain buster and they're just kind of laying there twitching. And it came from male matches from female matches, but it was it, to me, the, the, the gender wasn't a big deal. It was the fact that, Oh my God, this, this person got knocked out. Right. Yeah. And with glow, there wasn't a whole lot of that. It was it was mostly it would end in either a submission, a roll up pin, or there would be you know maybe a big, or like a, a yeah right there'd be like a stunning move, but then the person would just kind of you know flail as they're getting pinned, and so there yeah. was none of that. Uh, so as time went by, I would I would just look out there and see like you know it was actually we went to a grocery store, not a grocery store, it was like a a convenience store called the quick stop and we would go there my friend and i would go there every weekend to buy um you know to buy magazines and stuff and i just was flipping through a wrestling magazine and at the very back of it there was like an advertisement there were several advertisements for stuff like oh god uh there was like hollywood's productions double trouble um california wildcats mm -hmm. um is it california or carolina i think there's two i think there's carolina uh, and california oh man but um, and, Carolina yeah, company, yeah, yeah, and and then they had like Golden Girls and stuff like that, and and I would just flip. I was like, holy shit, what's this? Because it looked it looked way more intense. It looked way more, you know, de definitely sexier. Uh, yeah. the, you know, girls in basically thongs, and to me, it wasn't the attire. It was the fact that you know, here's a picture of like Hollywood with you know candy in a sleeper hold or something. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, okay, a knockout, and you know, you're not as self-aware when you're younger. So you don't go like, Oh, well, this is one of my kinks. Um, right. but it definitely became one. I was just like, Oh, okay. Beautiful girls wearing cute outfits, mm -hmm. knockouts, pro wrestling combat. Um, 
But my friend's the one who had the computer. He's the one whose parents kept buying him all the new tech. I didn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't get my own computer until I went to college. So I, I remember going to his place one night and I was like, can I do a quick search on your computer? He's like, sure. And I did. And I, it was just, it was like that scene from 2001 where like all the shit's yeah. flying at the guy's face. Mm-hmm. And it was, I couldn't believe it, man. And, um, and sleeper holds. yeah, it was great. Um, and <laughs> as time went by, I, and once again, this is another long story short, but I saw that there was kind of a vacuum. There was, there wasn't a whole lot of stuff that dealt with the knockout fetish. And, uh, mm-hmm. and I started to, I built my own little like fan website. Um, dedicated to finding that stuff, the really rare photos and, and, and you know, fiction and stuff like that. Because um, that's one of the things that, you know, kids these days. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm an old man now with my cane, but like, yeah, dude, like a lot of people now who are like in their 20s and 30s who visit my site, they're just like, oh, how did you find out about this? I logged on the internet one day. I'm like, dude, we had to, I had to like buy like video VHS tapes and keep yep. it on the down low. I had to make sure that my parents didn't notice a bag, a sack, like a, a Santa Claus sized sack of videotapes. Yeah. There was and a couple. They don't know. They don't know uh, just what, how hard it was. Uh, and how expensive and, it was. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you were paying 60 bucks a pop uh, for a VHS tape at the time. And, you know, I, I worked in a video store for four years when I was a teenager uh, and you know, so like I, I, I saw, you know, how much tapes really did cost, you know, when they were first released and whatnot. Uh, you know, so I kind of had an idea of, you know, what these people were going through when they were making, you know, the copies of, you know, Double Troubles making the copies of their tapes and everything. But, but yeah, and the space that it took up, if <laughs> I don't like to think about, uh, I really don't like to think about the amount of money I've spent on this kink over my lifetime. Oh, um, no, that's, that's a bad thought. That's, yeah, a bad, it is. that's a bad it's rabbit bad. hole to fall down. But but even worse would be to think about if every clip and movie and everything that I've bought since the digital, since the age of downloads was on VHS or even on DVD, how much space it would take up. It's, it's frightening, you know, and, and that's just it. Uh, you know, I, I was similar. I didn't get a computer until I was in the service and uh, you know, it, uh, they had a computer lab and I knew I couldn't search for things like that in the computer lab uh, on the base. So I, I, I splurged and got my own computer and so I could do it from the safety of my room. And that was the first thing I tried to find, uh, you know, cause before that it was brochure. You were lucky to get a brochure from one of these companies and, you know, order by mail. Uh, so by the time you made your website and, and that's just it, you know, I've, I've known about you since, your website first opened. I mean, uh, probably what you came online in 99. Uh, it was about 98, 99. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and that was, you know, I would, uh, that, that, that was really for me that that was the, the big, this is what's available. Cause even back then you, you weren't really, nobody was selling downloads yet. There was no downloading a video cause it was still the air of dialogue. Yeah. And uh, you and I actually, we when I started looking at what prices were for videos, uh, it was something like sixty bucks per tape, mm-hmm. and I believe um, we discussed this in the past. Where the thing, God, I remember going to a local Atlanta dealer that had like they they dealt in all kinds of pawn stuff, and they had videotapes, and they had a videotape section. 
and they had a booklet that had like the, the, the VHS covers that you could pick from. And you yeah. know, their racy stuff was like, Oh, there's some wrestling stuff. I'm like, let me check it out. And it was a bunch of stuff from DT and from all these other companies, El Scott sales. And, and uh, God, there was another one from Chicago. I forgot, but each one was like 60 to $70. And yep. the description was basically a photo of the girls grappling at the front of the, the tape. And then the back, it would be like one paragraph where it's like, you yeah, know, and, amazing and, bombastic action between Hollywood yeah. and blah, blah, blah. And you yeah. won't believe this amazing. And I'm like, okay, well, I, I want to believe it because I'm about to spend <laughs> $60 for it. So yeah. how about like you tell me what happens in it? Yeah. No, no. And that really influenced my decision to, if you go to my website, skwppv.com, uh, you'll see every single video has a very, you know, complete yeah. This is what you're going to get. And, yes, and, and including like how, who wins and how they win and so on and so forth. Yeah. And, but, and that's, it's a very welcome thing because that, uh, you know, again, as it deals with the kink, we're very particular. Uh, and what, what does it for one person is, is not going to do it for another, you know, uh, there are plenty of wrestling tapes out there, uh, that I've watched where I'm just like, ah, I really regret buying this and spending money because this, you know, this was also, you know, and I know a lot of people do it and they really shouldn't. If, if, you know, if you want people to make content and you want to find what you want, you should not be uploading shit to Pornhub. And, and other places like that because you're hurting producers. And I'm not saying that because I'm on your podcast, but it's- No, no, it's, no. I, it's, I, it's, it's a disingenuous it, thing. And it's, you know, a lot of these people, you know, they're trying to make good stuff and they're giving you a fair deal for it. So, you know, but buy your porn. But I digress. Uh, back then you couldn't do that anyway. There was no way to see what was in any of these tapes. There were, and you weren't trading tapes yet. You weren't- uh, you know, you weren't Napster in or LimeWire in videos with people. So yeah, you would go into this blind, you'd pay your $60 and wait six to eight weeks for your tape to get there. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. And it was, that whole time you're building it up in your mind. Oh, it's going to be so good. And you'd look at the picture again from the brochure or something and be like, oh, it's going to be so great. And then you watch it. And, and sometimes even when it was people who you really liked, you know, the action just wasn't there. It wasn't what you were hoping for. Those were the uh, the lawless days. Those were yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just days of, uh, of of roving maniacs. It was Fury Road, man. Um, there was a, a company. Um, I believe the guy's name was Manzerman. It's M A N Z E R. Oh, yeah. And he yeah. actually had a company that uh, I don't think he's around he's anymore. He actually did tape trading, and yeah. uh, and he would buy tapes, and you would buy tapes, and then you would just exchange them, and you would send in yeah. like two of yours. He'd send you one of his, and. Mm -hmm. And you would, you would, you know, get them for like six, you know, seven bucks a pop as opposed to yeah. 60 bucks a pop. And that's a why I blow from that guy. Yeah. And that's why right now, like, I don't really care when someone goes like, Hey man, I saw uh, there's a guy on a, on a message board. Who's, you know, saying that he wants to trade your clips. Um, I really don't care. Cause I'm just like, as long as it's on a message board and it's private, if they're doing it through email, like, look, you bought it, you can do whatever you want with it. Yeah. It's when you're putting it up for everyone to see like on right. YouTube that I, I get a little uh, pissed off. Yeah, but, trading, um, trading is a little different because you know, it, it's in a way it, it that, that, le that level of trading kind of does grow the business a little bit because you know, a it's two people who are communicating about their kink, which is I think a good thing. 
because you're realizing you're not alone and that's always good. Uh, but that usually, if nothing else, does tend to make you more inclined to maybe either order a custom or shop from that person for other things once you've discovered what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And I, like I said, I never got the idea of, of not supporting the people that are feeding your kink because it's, it's a very, yeah. you know, you're dealing with, with, I mean, of course there's going to be, you know, slime bag assholes who are just like, I want everything for free. But um, yeah. there's people who know that they want to see more and more and they'll, they'll, you know, they want to support you, which is great. Um, yeah. But, uh, but to go back to our, our track. So we, we're now at the age well, uh, timeline-wise, I'm now at the point where I'm producing, and you know, at the, at the time I was selling VHS, there was no such thing as downloads. Um, but the, the the fact that I'm even doing this podcast is because there was such a massive response to yeah. the idea of female and mixed combat, but you know, removing the the nudity and the sexual you know, situations. And we were talking about how you would get a, a tape, like you'd wait six weeks to get your tape, and those were like, I mean, that was just hardcore because, you, you know, you spent 60 bucks on a tape and then you would get it, pop it in, you're ready to go. You know, I can't wait to see two of my favorite actresses, blah, blah, blah. And then it would be either like a really bad production or, yeah. the, you know, the story or, you, you know, you're, you're rooting for somebody to win because that, that's your king. It's like, I want to see this person be the jobber. Yes. And then they would win at the end or they dominate for the most part and, and nothing in the description told you this. So you would, of course, be like, well, there's, there's 60 bucks down the drain. And, yep. and so, uh, like I said, this is, I mean, we're complaining about small things. But, yeah, that's the, well, these are the but, things but that happen just, to me. You know, it's, it's a small thing. But when you, know, the, when, you're, when you have a kink, you know, and that's what, you know, you're, you're, trying, to, you're trying to scratch that itch. And, you know, it's, it's frustrating. It's, 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 in some ways it's a form of sexual frustration because, you know, you, you would read, you know, in the description or something and so-and-so uses a sleeper hold and, you know, oh, fuck yeah, sleeper hold. It's hard enough to find use of that hold in wrestling period. So here's a video with it. And, you know, then you get it and like I said, and it's, uh, Oh, it would be badly applied or, oh, yeah. or the person wouldn't, so the selling would be terrible or. Uh, I was going to use the analogy that it's like oral sex, that even when it's bad, it's usually pretty good. <laughs> you know, like you're still happy that it's happening. Yeah. But, you know, it's not, it's not great, you know, and that's just it. You know, either they, they didn't really know what they were doing or, you know, they don't do it to a full knot, like they apply one, but they don't actually knock the person out or, and, and that's just it. That, that's, that, that was the frustration in that, that era uh, because in, until, you know, really until you came around, that wasn't the core of a lot of videos because, you know, female combat, you know, the, the kink has, some people love belly punching. Some people love cat ball. Uh, I've never, understood that but you know whatever hit somebody whatever flipped that trigger when they were younger whether it was oh i saw two girls pillow fight at my sister's slumber party you know then they want to see a pillow fight in one of yeah, those videos yeah. or 
you know, you can't uh, control the root of your kink. That's, that's right. one of the things that people, especially, and we're going to get to this later. Uh, I'll make a note of it, but uh, you know, couples dealing with, um, with, with kinks and stuff like that, you just can't control it. Right. It, it just is. It's part, it's part of who you are. And uh, you know, with as specific as that is, uh, you know, people were kind of in the early days, especially especially in the era before people requesting custom videos, uh, were just kind of you know putting out kind of an all purpose thing. They they weren't even really necessarily searching for well, we're going to try to hit this kink for you. It was like, hey, here's two girls in bikinis wrestling, and you know maybe we'll throw this in on this one, and maybe we'll throw. Maybe this one they'll end up with a sleeper hole. Maybe this one, you know, it's it's about belly punching. Maybe this one's about uh, some smothering, you know. And so it was very hit or miss uh, to 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 get what was out there at the time. Absolutely right. Sorry, I had a mute thing with the uh, with the microphone going on. Um, no, yeah, and and going back to what we were talking about earlier, um, there's there's actually that's kind of happening now to a degree. I remember I. I don't, I haven't had time to really peruse what's out there, but recently I was like, oh, I'm going to go do a little bit of a dive in a for sale and see what's out there for wrestling. And a mm -hmm. lot of producers, you know, it's, there was one company, like, I don't want to name them, but it was, you know, it's the, 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 the photo stills looked really good. And then I looked at the, uh, the synopses and it was, um, it was like a copy and paste thing where they literally copied and pasted the exact sentence, but then just filled in the, the, the blanks with names. Uh huh. So he'd be like, "Hey, Sandra and Becky in a brutal fight to the finish." Cut to down, you know, flow down. It's like, "Hey, uh, Jocelyn and Barbara in a brutal fight to the finish." And I'm like, "Oh yeah. my god!" And it yeah. was like, you know, 29 minutes for 29 dollars. And I'm like, "You, you know, there's if someone wants to see, let's say, a blonde win over a brunette, or an older woman defeat a younger woman. I mean, there's no way of mm -hmm. them knowing. So you're, you know, it's it seemed like there was a, a bit a bit of that laziness still exists today." And, oh, yeah. uh, well, and there's always the quick buck of it because I, I think, you know, you get, you get into a, and some people will always say, you know, okay, look, you're again, ex excuse my language. You're, you're producing, you know, and, and this is kind of a, a, a difference too. Uh, you know, some people look at their work and they actually put some real effort into making a quality product in a lot of different ways. Uh, and, and that, that's more about, you know, production than it is about the kink, but you know, other people look at it as I'm making a video for people to jack off to, you know, <gasps> that's Watch it. that mouth. No, um... <laughs> I, I, I grew up very sheltered, you know, yeah, I know, I know, but, uh, you know, that, that's how they look at it. And it's like, okay, boom, you know, let, let's get it out there and get it done. And, and, you know, and I'm sure, you know, if, if they're around for a while, people are clearly buying it and enjoying more power to them uh but you know some you said, people wait, are more so you, you cut out a little bit there you said clearly buying it and what oh clearly if if the company still is you know is a company that's lasted for even a couple years uh you know there's someone out there who's buying it and enjoying their content so yeah. you know that they they don't feel they have to change it uh you know but you know when you when you started uh what got you started you know because you did uh pictures for the longest time and you know, those, those pictures were a great way of, uh, you know, of kind of, of hitting that trigger and, and, and seeing things because videos were expensive. They were harder to come by. And, you know, so a lot of those pictures were, A, they were a good way because you were kind of collecting them from the internet. This is before you even started doing your own, your own stuff. 
Yeah. It was a way to kind of see what else was out there. And then that was great because it was almost like advertising for these other companies in a way uh, because it was a way to see, oh, this one looks like it has a lot of whatever my kink is. You know, this, you know here's a series of belly punching pictures. Here's a series. And I remember you, you had them broken out into galleries like that. Uh, you know, so what, uh, how did you end up starting to make original content? Cause that's, you know, we've talked about that before where, you know, uh, talking about your kink to people is, is not always easy in the first place, right? Just yeah. even with a, your partner, that's, you have an intimate relationship with them. So, you know, okay, it's expected you're going to reveal some things about what you like to them. Uh, you know, and I've had, I've had girlfriends who I've been able to say, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm really into wrestling and, oh, do you want to wrestle me? And they're like, well, I'd rather see you wrestle somebody else, but yeah, I don't mind wrestling you, you know, and you know, it goes, sometimes it goes well and other times it's gone very poorly, uh, you know, but to, I've always wondered, uh, and I, and I did have this conversation because uh, one of my girlfriends and I, we did actually talk to somebody and a girl was willing to wrestle my girlfriend and let me film it. And uh, on two occasions, two different girls. And, but I've wondered, you know, how does, you know, somebody who, you know, cause you were, you were pretty young at the time. Uh, you know, you're not established. You're not somebody who, Oh, well, you know, I already make porn videos or something else. What really made you decide to try to make your own content? Well, um, it was, you know, it's, it did start initially as, like I said, it was a, like you said, it was a, uh, it was a fan site. And uh, at the time, like I could only do photos and like the idea of, of putting stuff up there that was my own, it just, it was alien to me. I, I just, I did it almost as a way to learn how to code, but also because, you know, I, I really did love the, the genre and I wanted to kind of celebrate the stuff that was a little more off the beaten path. And, um, and that's why I was looking for stuff like sleeper holds and like, you know, strange tactics and moves. And another thing I have to mention too, as growing up too, was, was, uh, watching stuff like Batman and Robin watching stuff like Wonder Woman, um, was another big thing. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I forgot oh. to mention that earlier. And like, you know, Linda Carter getting chloroformed was just like, oh, you know, this huge thing, you know? Yeah. Um, and then my parents used to watch the Avengers, you know, uh, the, the British series and there would be yep. tons of, of knockouts there. And. James Bond series had a couple of good ones. So that also became, I think that's kind of what bled into the, the knockout fetish. Mm -hmm. uh, and then that blended, that blended, then blended into the wrestling stuff. Uh, I remember being at a friend's house and they were watching old ECW and like, you know, I think it was some guy, I think it was probably Tommy Dreamer um, who took Beulah and like put her in a pile driver, but she was wearing like a little short skirt. Yeah. So like the skirt, of course, fell upwards. You could see like her panties and stuff. And there was something very humiliating and titillating about that to me because it was like, yeah. oh, I don't have to see her full everything. You know, yeah. it's just that idea of like, oh, look what's underneath. And then everyone can see it. And boom, you know, pile driver and she's out. And uh, that's another thing that I think we skipped was the mystique of and I'm going to get back to how I, I did video. But the mystique of like, oh, my God, here's someone who's unconscious. Yeah spread out in the ring and everyone is watching them, you know, yeah. which for a lot of guys and girls who are into humiliation, public humiliation is a massive thing, you know? Oh yeah. And uh, we're going to get into that, the psychology in a bit, but going back to what you asked, it was, 
I had spent so much time doing this stuff and uh, as a free site. So I would, and I, I remember, I remember it got big because a lot of, uh, I was using a lot of free servers at the time and um, we kept crashing them. So we, we kept crashing like, uh, God, I'm trying to think of something like what's a really, I can't think of a, of a good name to make it to really date myself. But like, I remember one of them was like yellow, yellow pages had a free server site. Oh, okay. Um, and then like, I forgot what the other ones were, but we kept crashing them. People just kept on hitting the, the max bandwidth for the day and we couldn't get anybody to visit. And then, um, finally I remember there was a guy named, fuck, I'll, I'll say his name. This guy named Cleo, a real dipshit who was, uh, obsessed with Hollywood stuff with, with Jeannie. And, um, and Jeannie was like sending me tons of, of material from her own, um, hard drive, which, to me as a, you know, I was way younger and I was, I was, I was totally marking out because that was like, you know, that was yeah, one of my favorite heels. Yeah, yeah. For glow. And now I've gotten to work with her and we're, we're friends and, and she's great. She'll text me while she's on the road and I'll text her back and I'll be, you know, I'll still kind of be like giddy, like, Oh my God, it's Hollywood. Um, but she sent me a bunch of pictures to put up on the site. And then he came at me saying I needed to take them down, that they were his. And I was just like, well, actually, no, you know, Hollywood sent them to me. And yeah. he knew the guy who was hosting my site. And he contacted him and said, you have to, you have to, you know, do me a favor and cut this guy off. So he did. And then they basically said, like, well, in order for us to reinstate your website, this is like the fifth incarnation, by the way, that I had put work into. Um, they said, in order for us to reinstate you, you have to provide us with written permission for every photo you have on the website. Yeah. Now, you do understand. There was like a no. thousand photos, you know. <laughs> so yeah. there was, it was physically impossible to do that. And so uh, uh, I said, okay, well, that's it. I'm done. You know, there was a nice run. We had a good two, three-year yeah. run. And, uh, and then a friend of mine from Los Angeles contacted me. He wasn't my friend at the time. He was just a guy who saw that I was like signing off. I'm, I'm done. And he contacted me and I can say his name. His name is Scott and he's fucking amazing. Such a great guy. He used to wrestle as the Puma for double trouble. Oh, uh, STJ. And, uh, no, for no, no, no. Different guy. His name is Scott. Okay. Um, and, um, because STJ, yeah, that's a different other thing. Uh, people who have never heard this before are like, well, what the fuck is STJ? Uh, <laughs> Like I said, it's a deep dive, guys. Uh, but but those of you who understand from wrestling understand some of the names I'm throwing out there. But yeah, he contacted me and he said, you know, but I, I will I will fund your your site. Like I'll pay for the registration, I'll pay for the URL, you know, I'll pay for for the monthly cost. And he he really brought me back to life. And a couple of months later, um, a friend of mine who was over at my house, she was uh, kind of looking over my shoulder, and I was showing her the website. And she's the one who kind of said like why don't you shoot some of the stuff, you know? And at the time we had like a Yahoo group was like our big hub. Uh, if that doesn't tell you how old I am. <laughs> and, um, and I just said, Hey, how would you guys feel about me? You know, doing my own thing. And they were like, yeah, dude, you seem to have a good head on your shoulders about this. And so we did, I, I borrowed a camera from my friend Dave and um, God, the first couple of things we did was a couple of photos. We, uh, we had some young, like, like we were, we were still young, but we were like my friend Adara was one of the first wrestlers. We had Serena was one of the first wrestlers, um, and uh, I think another girl named Alicia was one of the the first girls. And we just we did some photo sets. We put them up there, and people really really liked them. Um, Angelina, her sister Leticia, you know, people like that. Uh, we started to do photos, and people were like, "Well, let's do videos." So we started to shoot 
pro stuff and well not pro stuff sorry pro meaning that we were putting you know holds on each other but it was you know, right. we were, you know literally pro shooting style. yeah we were shooting like on I remember it was my friend's uh, my friend and I had an apartment together and he was very straight laced so I had to shoot it when he was gone and we would put comforters on the ground it was just so so bargain basement uh, we would push like all the furniture out of the way put comforters on the ground and we would just do some like mixed wrestling and then really? we would do scissors knockouts and we do sleepers and then we we started doing pile drivers and stuff like that and like camel clutch themed stuff and uh I, I there was an appeal to that yeah uh, whether you realize it or not because you know for uh you know when you get into the the origins of 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 kink and whatnot uh there was you know when when you watched a lot of these other things yeah you know it's it's hot that it's all in a ring or that it's very professionally done and whatnot. But uh, the neat thing that was different at the time about what was going on there that I think scratched the itch in a different way was that there was a sense of realism in the sense that this could be in, 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 in my apartment, you know, I could be doing yes. this yes. Could be in my apartment. And that, I think that, that, you know, just like some people, you know, really like that aspect of amateur porn, uh, you know, th that sense of, okay, you know, this, this is kind of quasi girl next door, uh, you know, in, in just an apartment that that was very cool. And that that did that hit some buttons. You know, uh, I think, and probably for a lot of folks at the time. It were, did, yeah, you know, yeah. I had a lot of guys who have asked me to do more stuff around the house, and and I have. I've, you know, I've done like the exhaustion series mm -hmm. for my site. It's just two exhausted wrestlers beating the crap out of each other. It starts off in the mats, and then it just kind of goes through the kitchen, the living room. It ends up in the shower sometimes, uh, in a basement, you know, outside in the yard. Like we we like to to keep it kind of like, oh, this is someone's house. Um, yeah. I do love working in the ring, but, um, but yeah, working in my house is great. Having that ability to shoot in your home is great. I'm t I've actually toyed with the idea of doing more like, uh, falls ca count anywhere kind of matches, mm -hmm. um, that do that. But yeah, that's kind of how it started. And we, uh, we started getting a very slow kind of following and people started to, to really dig, um, the material. And then, uh, I discovered, um, custom wrestling, which mm -hmm. was something that, originated with uh, Double Trouble and um, yep. I, I think Double Trouble were the, I'm not going to say the first ones to do it, but like Double Trouble, you had women's wrestling. They, they women's were the world. first ones I knew who did it. Like they, yeah. they were the first ones who I think advertised it well enough that I realized that somebody was doing it. Yes. And then you had a, like a women's world and, and then uh, I have to give props to Lady Victoria. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, I believe it was uh, Hollywood who also did some custom work. I remember Lady Victoria, I actually, I, I'm not going to say I gave her the idea for custom work, but she was sitting on a match that she had recorded with, uh, God, who was it? It was a really popular pro wrestler at the time. It might have been Molly Holly or something like that. Um, and she did a squash match with her in this ring. And, uh, and I was like, why haven't you sold this? And she was like, oh, I just sent it to the customer. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, but you should also sell it yeah. on your site. And then a couple months later, she came back and she was like, oh my God, I got, I got so many sales. I'm like, yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. And why, so, why, the, why not? So, so for those who don't know what custom work is, basically the way it works is you as the customer, as a fan, will send us the money that it costs to produce the custom. You send in the script, you choose the dialogue, you choose the, 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 the outfits, you choose the action. 
um, and then we produce it for you. You're the first person to see it. And what you're paying for is the exclusivity of being the person who wrote it. Um, the cool thing about that business platform is that you, you can then take the footage and sell it, you know, on your website. Um, or I can, sorry, as the producer. <laughs> and, uh, and it's, uh, it's great because then the, the profit margin there's, you know, a hundred percent. Um, and then you can continue to shoot. Now, obviously it's a good business model, but you have to be good at what you're doing, you know? Yeah. All and, it takes is one shitty custom for someone to never order from you again. Exactly. And, and, you know, the beauty from the fan perspective is I've ordered a number of customs, uh, you know, back, uh, from wrestling, I haven't done it too much with, uh, some of the other kinks I'm into, uh, not yet plan to, but, uh, you know, the, the neat thing from, you know, the, the customer perspective is you, you take out that risk of, okay, well, I'm going to buy this video and I'm not going to get what I want. And, you know, I've, 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 I had done that so many times. I ordered my first custom, uh, shit, 2007, maybe 2008 from double trouble. And, uh, you know, cause I, I was kind of at a point where it was like, Oh, you know, I've, I've bought from a lot of different companies. Uh, by this point, uh, clips for sale had kind of come online. So, uh, between them and everybody's individual websites, there was a plethora of stuff to kind of, to, to, to scratch that itch of the kink, but I was still finding myself buying a lot of things where I was spending money and not getting quite what I wanted. And I was like, well, what if, what if I could just say, okay, well, you know what? I want to see an older wrestler versus a younger wrestler because that sense of dominance is a, is, is a, a turn on for me. And I want to like a veteran versus a rookie. And I want to see, uh, you know, I want to see face sits, you know, I want to see breast smothers, I want to see sleeper holds. And then I want something at the end that really humiliates the loser and, and shows that dominance. Over yeah. Them. Yeah. And, and you can't, you can't just throw dice and, and hope right. you're, you're, you're going to get, get that. You might get one or two of those pieces. And I've, I've admittedly, I've hit the jackpot once or twice on uh, videos where they've hit almost every single one of those. It has happened. But for every time I had bought one of those, I'd probably bought 10 to 15 that didn't, right? And like I said, I spent a lot of money over the years. Uh, so, you know, for, for a fan and a customer, it, it was great to be able to say, hey, you know, and for me, it was a fantasy I had in my head. You know, it was like, okay, well, you know, my girlfriend who had wrestled for me, I, uh, you know, I had, I had, when we'd been together and she had wrestled for me a bit, we had toyed with the idea of, well, what if, you know, what if you went to work for some companies, you know, it, when, when we move off this island? And, you know, we thought about, well, what if we go work for maybe APL or something? So I had a fantasy about her wrestling, uh, Maggie Jennings, who used to work for APL, who was an older wrestler, but was very dominant, very verbally dominant when she would wrestle uh, another girl and was just great at really rubbing in her victories. Right. So, and all those things hit my button. So that's, you know, I was like, okay, well, you know, I've been thinking about this for a couple of years now, let's pull the trigger and do it. And, and it, it was very worthwhile, you know? So from a fan perspective, it's great. It's great to be able to do something that you know is going to hit all of your kink. And, but th that's where the danger lies though, is 
what if the company isn't very good at it? And, and that's where that, that's where kink meets business yeah. and, and production. And that's where the two come together is that, uh, it's not, it's not a simple formula for a lot of us. You know, uh, a lot of us, you know, we see something, we like it. Okay. It kind of does the job, but if, you know, if you're going to invest that, cause they're not cheap. I mean, back then, uh, and I know they're more expensive now back then it was $500 for about a 20 minute custom. Uh, now I, I will say it was worth every penny to me, yeah, yeah. you know, as, as then it was worth every penny, but, uh, well, that's still pretty standard from, from what I've, uh, or the companies that I've talked to, um, and you know, I'm not going to name my own prices, but a lot of companies, right. you know, you get a, you get a model who's visiting from out of town and she quotes you a specific price. A lot of these girls will do, you know, $200, 250 for a match. Yeah. And then you got another girl who's doing the same. You, you, that's 500 right there. Yeah, and right then there. you're, you're dealing with, uh, special effects. And especially if you're in my case, if you're ordering, if you're giving me like a 10 page script, oh, yeah. you're going to pay for 10 pages worth of time. You know, and, and that's just it. Yeah, the more in depth you make it, and and honestly, and and this is something, uh, you know, we've talked a little bit before, and we might have time to get into it about how your kinks kind of grow and evolve. But you know, when when I was younger and just into wrestling, I never would have thought that I would ever end up uh, into femdom stuff, uh, and. Uh, you know, in, enjoying elements of that now and then, you know, I, I've talked to some producers and I, you know, I follow some of them online and whatnot. And, you know, th they bring up a very valid point of the more specific you want something, like if you want me to use your name or if you, if you want something that I don't think other customers are really going to want to buy, I have to up my price. And it's, it's a hundred percent valid because if, if you are super, super specific you know, about your kink, like here is something that virtually nobody else is going to like quite as much. And yeah, a 10 page script and outfits have to be very specific. And I want some special effects and I want close ups when this happens and I want wide angle shots and I want instant replays. Oh yeah. You know, when the more th things you throw in there that you, you have to get some kind of compensation for that. that. And that's something I think some producers, I don't want to talk too much about business, of it, uh, <laughs> think, but people don't realize that, you know, when you ask these things of people, uh, you know, you should always, you know, filter in a cost of living raise for yourself every year and whatever it is you're producing. If you're producing anything, you should give yourself a 2% raise every year. Just saying. You know, so any, if, if any fetish people who run their own sites or their own OnlyFans are listening, if you're getting people in, and you're not giving yourself a little bit of raise every year, you're doing yourself a disservice because you deserve it. So that's actually a really good point. Um, that is something that, you know, I, I do recommend for producers uh, is to give yourself um, even on customs, like I'll, I'll do a profit on that too. Cause yeah. you know, I, uh, especially if you're the one doing the editing and you're doing the post work. Yeah. If you're doing everything yourself. Yeah. Cause I do effects. I do sound editing. My friend Leo does a lot of the heavy special effects um, and, and, you know, I have to pay him. So it's, yeah. you know, all that factors in, but, um, but yeah, you're right. We don't want to get too, too deep into the, the business stuff of it. We don't want you guys to fall asleep. So let's get into the nitty gritty. So when it comes to female wrestling or just, you know, mixed wrestling, anything that, that deals with some sort of combat, there's something that I've always felt, and this is just, you know, um, it's just a theory of mine, so feel free to prove it incorrect. But 
when it comes to, for example, like pro wrestling on TV is, is one of the things that, that's great about pro wrestling on TV is, or even today, is that you're still allowed to, to kind of, there's a gray area, you know. Even if you have badass, you know, faces who are, you know, cocky and, and kind of dickish, kind of like The Rock was when he was on, yeah. there's still good guys and bad guys. It's still very much yeah. down the middle. You've got, you know, NWO versus everyone else. You've got, you know, Triple H and his wife and his, and, you know, their dad versus everyone else. Um, there's a... Uh, there's that thing where it's like there, there's that juxtaposition between black and white. And, and I feel like that ties wrestling into the world of kink in a way that people don't really realize. First of all, you have the outfits, you've got, you know, right. you've got leather, you've got spandex, you got, I mean, come on, dude, you know, <laughs> it's like, like whenever you watch like Rob Halford singing for, you know, um, uh, singing in the eighties, you people were surprised yeah. that he was gay. I was like, are you fucking serious? Like that yeah. dude wore enough leather to kill a small village, and <laughs> and uh, and there was just that that kink. Um, there, there's the, yeah, yeah, I mean, every time I we go to uh, Frolicon here in Atlanta, tons of people walking around in spandex uh, yeah. and in boots. There was a couple of girls who were just dressed up as luchadoras because they knew it was like the tight clothing. That's cool. Yeah, it was great. I mean, there were kinky luchadoras, so you know there was you Even know better. masks, uh, masks, and and very little else. <laughs> But I, uh, I would go to that show. Yeah, yeah, it was great. And so, uh, to me, pro wrestling has always kind of keyed into BDSM, in that you have the struggle of of energy, the struggle of power, which is you have mm -hmm. your bad guy and you have your good guys. You have because um, it's not always like, hey, here's a slave, and here's me beating that slave up. Uh, it's you get you know you get some play where where the uh, the, the submissive fights back. You know. Yeah. And has to be um, put in their place, put in their place, or educated, yeah. so on and so forth. And that's kind of what pro wrestling is when you're dealing with a face and a heel. Now, yeah. when you're dealing with a squash and you're dealing with someone like the Beast versus Malia Hosaka, here you have this powerful woman versus this smaller creature who just starts off really, you know, headstrong. It just gets dominated to the point where at the end they're begging for mercy, or they're just begging to be put out of their misery. BDSM it translates to I submit to you go ahead and do whatever you want you know yeah and, well, and that I'm sorry I don't mean to interrupt. go ahead no no please well th that's that's a very neat thing because you know th that's kind of two attitudes that you can get and they, and th they create very different responses uh, from a dominant personality uh, in that sense because yeah you you have somebody who comes in with you know kind of this cocky attitude of you know uh, you know uh, I I can take it. Or, you know, if, if you're thinking from, from a BDSM perspective, you know, I can take it. I'm, I'm not scared. I'm not worried. You know, and then they're going to push back a little bit. Uh, and, and, you know, that, that creates a certain response in a, in a dom. Uh, and, and it creates a certain response in a heel jobber dynamic. And then you have the other one who just like, they know they are in for it from the time that they are submissive from the, the get go. There is actually not one moment where they do not realize that, what is about to happen to them and they might not admit that they're going to like it, but the, that, that little bit of fear and anticipation is there in the beginning already. And that creates a different feeling in a Dom and it creates a different dynamic in the heel and jobber. And, and that's one way that those two things really do relate. And, and it does transcend, uh, you know, the, the thing about wrestling and, you know, 
some some guys probably won't ever admit this, but you know, wrestling is it, it is massively homoerotic, and there's no getting around it. How um, dare you, sir? I know. It's <laughs> uh, but you we know, actually we actually conversed about that with I think it was Jordan Grace. Um, oh yeah, where we were talking about how there was a pro wrestler who got on my shit about about how I was filming women in bikinis wrestling and how it was a disgrace to the sport. And I think her reply to him or something like that, I think maybe it was Jesse Bell. I, I don't want to, well, I can't say for sure. So don't, right. don't take my word as, as uh, a scripture, but she said like, they basically got on his page. They were like, you're wearing speedos. Right. And you know, yeah. in front of a crowd filled with, you know, men, women, and children, and you can't, you don't have the right to turn around and say like, you know, I can show all this off, but these women cannot. Right. Know? It, but anyway, that's a whole other subject. But 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 it's there, you know. It and and that's the thing. It's like you know, the, the, there were clearly moments in in you know a, a young man's development where you know sweaty guys and speedos in with wrestling holds, which you know immediately turn you on when you see women doing them. There's going to be some questioning yourself throughout those those years. It's it's very possible. Not everybody, you know. Uh, some people, you know, will that they never felt that and they might be telling the truth uh but a lot of them are liars so you know and that's <laughs> however they want to live their life that's cool for them i have no problem admitting that hey yeah you know i had i had those thoughts and feelings too and that's how i know that you know wrestling by for me and this again is an outgrowth of how it develops over time uh the whole thing is a kink it's not always about the participants. It's not about that, you know, but it's about the power. Well, there's no, I mean, there, there's no doubt about that. I mean, you, you have guys who look amazing, decked out in skin tight spandex. I mean, you know, women and men are going to see that and have a response. And then you yeah. have women who come out wearing, you know, to me, it was the one piece suits too. It was something about, oh, yeah. something about the one pieces. So is... something about the one piece suits that just grabbed me because I mean, it was something you see at the beach, you know? Right. And, um, and then you see, uh, you know, you get some girl who's getting picked up by the one piece and, and it's just like, it creates a nice effect. And, uh, yeah. and it's, I don't know. It's, it's something, it's taking things that are commonplace and, and turning them into something that, you know, right. That's, that's well, a little and, and more that's, kinky. That's the beauty is that it is something commonplace, you know, turned into something naughty. Well, exactly. Like you have people who are into hair pulling during sex yeah. and then suddenly that could be a huge thing for them. And then they turn on the TV and there's a woman who every time she's getting knocked down on the mats, she's getting picked up by the hair, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, belly punching, impact play is a big thing. Um, when you're dealing, I've talked to a lot of people in the fetish community who are into impact play. I've played with some people who are into getting punched in the stomach, uh, some people who would like to get flogged. Um, and when I bring up the idea of getting slammed around, like in a mat room uh, yeah. or in a ring, their eyes light up, you know? Yeah. So there's a lot of cross play there. There's a lot of oh. like, you know. Um, if you are, a, you know, like for me, uh, I, I, I switch back and forth in terms of, you know, dominant and submissive. And a lot of it depends on who my partner is. Uh, you know, most of the time, uh, you know, I, I'm dominant with a partner, but that's why a lot of times for like my video outlets, I prefer, you know, some femdom stuff where I'm submissive. You know, I, I've, I've lived a life where I'm usually in charge of people. Uh, I'm usually in control of situations. Uh, so, you know, to have that, role reversal has always been kind of nice 
But when it came to wrestling stuff, uh, you know, and I don't mind saying it, you know, I've, I've wrestled men, I've wrestled women, and they've both been at times kind of erotic. And, uh, you know, from, from a wrestling perspective, uh, a lot of times I enjoy being more submissive because I like those submissive holds. And it's just, you know, it's just how the things develop within yourself, you know, and I think that when you have that trait, like, okay, I have a submissive trait, uh, you know, it, it does transcend uh, a lot of boundaries. And, you know, we talked, uh, you know, I've had a conversation before about how it, it's not even necessarily always about how somebody looks or their body type that can make, you know, the, the wrestling action or the wrestling kink uh, trip your trigger. It's not always about the look. It's about how they sell what's going on. You know, that, and just like you can be with somebody who's not, you know, clearly not into the sex that you're having and it's a downer, you know, and they could be, you know, a perfect 10, but, you know, I, again, excuse my language, they could suck in bed, you know, like they're, they're just there. They're not into it. They're not enjoying it. They're not emoting. They're not, there's no uh, vocalization. There's nothing, you know, uh, or you could have somebody who maybe is not, you know, the stereotypical bombshell and the two of you just have a chemistry where the sex is incredible because you're both on the same wavelength. And in the wrestling fetish and the wrestling kink, that I think very much applies. It's, it's not about just the look. It's, it's not just the aesthetics. Well, if there's one thing that I've learned as a producer, it's, it's, you know, good stuff comes in all shapes and sizes. And, yeah. um, and that brings us to our next topic pretty smoothly, actually, is, you know, what makes a good wrestler? What makes a good heel? Uh, for those who don't know what a heel is, heel is going to be your, your big bad, uh, your, your bad guy in a match is the person that you know is probably going to win. You've got your, uh, you know, your Undertaker, Big Bad, uh, was a Big Boss Man. You've got, you know, um, God, who are some good ones? Uh, Arn Anderson, anybody in the Four Horsemen. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, it's great. And, yeah. And heels can be great for very different reasons. Yes, yeah. very much so. Uh, King Kong Bundy was one of my favorites as a kid, yep. just because, you know, the guy was just, a, he was just massive. a boulder of a man. Yeah. Um, and then uh, for women, you know, you've got, uh, I, I haven't watched, modern wrestling in such a long time um, you get Sasha Banks. yeah you got luna vachon and you got you know oh yeah luna was incredible she yeah was people great. like that those are great heels um and uh and you got your jobbers and you have your faces who are the good guys and the good guys who lose all the time um mm -hmm. but to me it's it's there was a guy who's a big uh, his god he, he's this guy's just a long time ago, we used to chat online. Not so much anymore. But he was one of those guys that if, if a woman wasn't like a rock hard maximum body type, he would mm -hmm. immediately just start saying horrible things about the person. Um, and uh, so I can't believe so-and-so got fat or blah, blah, blah. And I just, you know, have to keep checking him. Like, what the fuck yeah. is wrong with you, dude? Um, and then uh, other people would come out of the woodwork and say like, oh, why are you working with this girl? You know, because she's, she's overweight or she's not, she's not a pinup model yeah. and i'm just like that's not who i'm looking to work with what i'm looking to work with is people who have good chemistry with other wrestlers and also people who just take to this naturally um and 
we had uh, we had a wrestler who came down once who was a total. She was a powerhouse. She was an MMA girl, fucking rock, rock and body. She brought her boyfriend who was a complete blue vein dick. And uh, he came up to me because he was like, we, we had to wrestle with a couple of girls who were just regular girl next door types. Yeah. Um, and he yeah. came over, he came up to me and like kind of grabbed me in this one armed hug and was just like leaned in. He's like, don't you have any girls that are in shape? And I just kind of went off on him. I was like, dude, seriously? Like, like, and I couldn't wrap my head around what would make someone say that to another person first. Yeah. But yeah, I kind of had to put him in his place. And I was like, dude, you know, what you think is hot is hot to you. And some people may share that. Other people are going to come along and say, no, I like girls who are a little bigger. I like girls who are a little taller or a little shorter. I like tall and thin. I like tall and fat. You know, I, you know, I like little people. I mean, fucking everyone, <laughs> you know, there's people who have their, their Everybody's, yeah. yeah, they get their types. Or, and or so, they don't have to take it on and they're. They're, they're happy. <laughs> they're just happy to be there. Yeah. Yeah. And I never had a type. I think that might be my thing too. It's I never had a type. I never was like, well, I only like brunettes who are like five foot four and I have to see their abs. Like to me, it was just like, if I was attracted to somebody, I was attracted to them. You know, yeah. I didn't, I didn't question why physically. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so that kind of stuck in my head when I started producing. I was like, I want to hire girls that are going to just be good at this. Like, I don't care what they look like. And, and I've worked mm -hmm. with one or two girls who were just amazing to, to, to look at, just beautiful, beautiful women. But they just didn't click. And they ended up kind of going their own way. And that's totally fine. Um, but you, I've worked with a lot of girls who are just girls, the girls next door. And that brings me back to, the, to what makes a good wrestler. And, and in terms yeah. of fetish, um, I think what you said earlier is very telling in that, yes, there are some girls that you see in, in matches where you're like, okay, she's absolutely stunning, but she doesn't get it. She's just kind right. of, she's doing it for the paycheck. You know, yeah. you can tell that she's kind of going through the motions and it might not even be her fault. It could be that the producer's just not very good. You know, it could be that right. someone's yeah. just, he's, yeah. not, he's not directing at all. Mm -hmm. And that's but, one thing that I've always loved to do is, really sit down with somebody and kind of explain the psychology of a, a, a scene and go yeah. like, okay, well, you know, you're screaming for this reason, or I want you to do it like this is happening and, and really try to get a specific, you know, emotion. Um, and the people who respond to that are the people that I keep around. And luckily for me, it's been a lot of people, you know, cause yeah. I, uh, that's, you know, that's one of the things I think that makes a good wrestling company is having mm -hmm. a good roster of people who yeah. are constantly coming back and um, and so to me, what makes a good wrestler is someone who knows how to sell, you know, and by selling for those who don't get it, it's just, you know, acting, just just really selling a scene. If you're getting beat up, really make it, you know, look good. And if you're being the heel, you know, know how to talk shit, know how to move, know how to control somebody else, uh, know how to do it safely. There, these are the things that you look for in pro wrestlers. And, you know, yeah. you also look for it in, in fetish models. Oh yeah. Well, and, and that's, you know, they always said that, you know, one of the axioms in pro wrestling was that, you know, uh, the, the best folks, whether it's, you know, when they're giving a, a they're, when they're promoting themselves, they're, they're, you know, they're giving a speech or they're talking, giving a promo or, you know, whatnot, their personality is, you know, they, the best ones are when they are themselves turned up to 11. And I think that that's, if somebody you know, what makes a good heel is understanding what 
what part of myself could, can, what is the bad part of myself, right? Because you'll see some people, pro wrestlers, they'll try to be like, well, I'm going to try to be a Ric Flair type heel. I'm going to try to be a cocky, stylish, you know, guy who all the women want me and blah, blah, blah. And they can't pull it off. Like, they're just not believable at it. Uh, so like, you know, for, for a heel, one is kind of understanding, okay, well, what, what is my dark side? You know, uh, you know, am, am I kind of, am I kind of bratty at times? Am I kind of dismissive? Uh, do I not really care what somebody else thinks? You know, uh, do I look physically imposing? Should I work on, you know, that level? So part of it is just understanding what, what you've got to work with, you know, and that's like, uh, I've seen different performers uh, at different companies kind of to try to sell these roles differently. And sometimes it works good and sometimes it doesn't, uh, you know, like somebody like a, like a Francesca Lair or Jewel Marceau works so good as just a dismissive, you know, girl, you, you have no reason even being here with me. I'm better looking than you. I'm a better wrestler than you. I'm going to beat the crap out of you. And, you know, ick, get away from me. And they, you know, that works for them. Uh, you know, somebody like uh, Christy Edsold, when she plays heel, that wouldn't work the same way for her because she's just so bubbly and she has such a big personality that, yeah, you know. Yeah. She's, she's the, um, the way I, I describe her is a cat playing with a toy. You know, yeah. she's basically. And yes. Yeah, and that's another style. There's, like you said, there's the dismissive heel, and then there's like, there's the cat playing with the toy. There's the, um, then there's the like elementary like person who just walks around going like, and now I'm going to do this to you, you know? Right. Uh, The evil villain who gives a monologue as they apply every technique. Yes, and then you have someone like Tiny, who wrestles for our side, who's a six foot nine beast of a man. And we, he and I sat down and we, you know, kind of decided what his character was going to be. And he was just like, I just want to be like, like Lenny from Of Mice and Men, (laughs) but the six foot nine tall black version. And I was just like, dude, I am so there for that. And his thing is just like, he literally just, he's like batting women around and just like, you know, he's doing stuff in a gravelly voice and, 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 you know, doing a lot of like Batman 1960s style one liners. And, uh, and so ev- all those things you're saying, I mean, perfect. But the thing that think that, that really has to work, um, not so much in pro wrestling, because in pro wrestling, yes, you have to have it to a degree, but you can still pull off a good match without it. And for me, that's yeah. kept, you have to have chemistry. And yeah. the reason that works is because, you know, in pro wrestling, there's really no dialogue in, in during a match. It's just, you know, move, 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 move. And then you can whisper the next, you can call the next move to your partner and that's it. Um, You don't really monologue during a pro match. Um, And then with what we shoot, you have to talk, you know, it can't just be quiet. Yeah. There has to be more interaction there because you're not feeding off a live crowd. Exactly. So it can't just be silent. I mean, I had one match that I did that was silent where we didn't have the girls say anything and it was a fun experiment. Uh, but it didn't really sell that well because people were like, no, I wanted to see more attitude. Yeah. So, so yeah, um, but I don't want to dwell too much on that. But yeah, to me, like, you know, a good wrestler, especially for kink, is just be comfortable in your own skin and just 
you know, respond well to direction, but also, you know, come up with your own shit. I mean, like some of my favorite moments in, in my productions have been when, when uh, the models just kind of improv, you know? Yeah. Well, and come up, that's, yeah. a, that's a huge thing because, you know, when you get a sense as a viewer, when you have a sense that somebody is either enjoying what's going on or you sometimes can just, you feel that, okay, either that was an ad lib or, uh, you know, that, 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 that it's just there. They're just dialed in and those happy accidents uh, can be great, you know, and they, they surprise you, but they, they can end up creating the hottest moments, you know, like an off the cuff comment uh, that, you know, you, you wouldn't expect to be there can add so much to something like that. And, and those happy little accidents are uh, amazing. Exactly. Um, so, the the next topic I wanted to hit was um, well actually yeah we're talking about the wrestling psychology we kind of went through that how it's very much a dominant submissive thing um, one of the thing that one of the things that really works for the fans is uh, and this goes back to us being able to write a, a concise synopsis is you know knowing who's going to win mm -hmm. and knowing who's going to dominate and uh, and also the moves I mean there's there's a huge a uh, variety of, of moves and finishers that we use. Um, and it's, it's very interesting to me because you're, like I said, you're not dealing with direct uh, nudity. You're not dealing right. with, with pink shots. You're not dealing with, with, okay, well you, you lose. So now I'm going to, you know, put things inside of you. Um, that's all been done, you know, and, and other genres or sub sub genres, you know, stuff like cat fighting, cat ball, Although I did do a catball video for uh, essentially Savage Productions, which is our sister site. And that one was fun because it was catball, but at least we threw in like, you know, a bunch of knockouts. It was more of mm -hmm. a, 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 you know, a, a decisive finish. Um, but, uh, but yeah, when you're dealing with, with moves, for example, that's something I don't think we touched on in personal conversations. Yeah, not too much. But I, man, there's people who really, I mean, they like their, their moves. They don't want you to add anything else. Uh, there's guys who like legs and they'll just do all scissors, all leg locks. You know, there's guys who like to see ass and crotch shots. So they'll go for the matchbook pins They'll do for the, the, the splattle pins. They'll do the, uh, you know, the big spread Eagle knockouts where they go flying uh, and they get to see leg ass and crotch and belly stomach guys. All they want to see is stomach. I mean, so it's very interesting to me when someone comes up with a script and no two scripts are the same. Um, yeah. And it's always like, oh, really? You want to see it go this way, you know? Uh, but but we were talking about this uh, earlier about how, yeah, it would ruin a match for you if so-and-so lost instead of won. Oh, yeah. It, you know, it, that, that dynamic, uh, you know, and it, and it goes with, it, it ties into both your moves and your heel uh, jobber dynamics. Uh, and that kink, is, yeah, uh, is that, you know, you whatever the specifics are for you, you, you almost always have in your head who you, you oh, you do, you, you have in your head who you want to see win, you do. And, you know, when you are buying a video uh, or a clip, you know, and you don't know that, uh, you know, like th there are performers who you only like in a certain role and, and they just, they could be equally good in the other one. Don't get me wrong, because some people can, 
you know, and we've talked about this, they can, they can pull off both being, you know, the submissive or the dominant, or they can pull off being the healer, the jobber, so to speak. But a lot of people tend to be better at one than another, that there's somewhere they just kind of fit in best. And, uh, you know, to not know what you're getting when you buy that uh, can be very frustrating, especially uh, when you also don't know if you're going to get that much of what you want in the video. Right. And that's one thing that has always been great about your site is that, you know, okay, here, here's a synopsis that, that lets me know, am I going to get what I want before I buy this? And, you know, some people do like an element of surprise going into that. Uh, but uh, I, for one, don't, you know, I, I like to know that if, if I'm about to spend my money, I, I like to know that I'm going to get what it is I want out of it. Well, you, I mean, there's, there's, you, you, you fetishize, um, people fetishize everything when it comes to whatever kind of uh, a kink they're purchasing. Um, or sorry, I guess not fetishize because, or they kinkify, I guess is a better word. Right. Because uh, we've talked about how fetish is actually something that has to be present in order for you to have right. a complete sexual There's experience. Kink is, like, is, kink is more of a sub, yeah. And so, like, yeah, there's there's people who just, they're like, okay, well, if there's an Asian girl, you know, for example, we have Sumiko yeah. uh, working for us, who, for those who don't know, is a beautiful uh, Japanese girl that works for us, who's, you know, just one of, I, I would put her in the top five best um, wrestlers of all time. And, and I, and, you know, just you know, just an amazing raw talent that girl has and also sensuality. Mm -hmm. uh, but she's also got the bubbly innocence and she's funny and, you know, she's, she's a badass. And um, people who pulls off taking a great, great beating and, and, and at times being able to dish one out, she can, she can be the tough jobber. She can be the dismissive bratty heel. You know, yeah. she, She's and she can be, she can do the dismissive bratty heel who gets her ass kicked, which is hard to do. <laughs> yes, she can. That is really hard to do. One of my favorite moments, I think, with Sumiko, if she's listening to, I gotta tell her I love her. Um, she's fantastic. But it was, she was playing some bratty girl who was like big into her Instagram, and you know, uh, she was videotaping some girl that she, I think it was Jinx or no, it was Jordan Grace. She was videotaping Jordan Grace. And basically saying, like, look who I defeated. Oh, I got a million likes and I got a million followers. And and then Jordan, of course, sneaks up behind her, kicks her ass for like 30 minutes. <laughs> and then, be, you know, at, destroys her. And at the end, she like ties her up and then films her, you know, uh, on her own profile on Instagram. And, you know, basically showing her off to her own fans, completely humiliated. Yeah. And I just said, you know, kind of improvise. And so at one point, Jordan sits her up and she shows her the, the video. She's like look yeah. at you know look at what your fans are saying and she's like yeah i just uploaded this new clip and it's me kicking your ass and sumika just goes like did it get a lot of likes <laughs> and i had to cut i laughed so hard yeah. it was it was such a great throwaway line and uh and and so yeah but like sumika is somebody who um you know, people will go like, well, if it's, if it's a girl who's Japanese, she's got to lose. You know, that's just the type of girl that they want to see lose. It, you know, they grew up watching, maybe like me, they grew up watching The Beast versus Malia Osaka, right. who was one of my favorites. I think I would love to put, I almost told Sumiko, like, let's put you in a Malia Osaka outfit, but we never, we got lazy. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, and there's some people who want to see the blonde lose or the smaller girl lose, or like you said earlier, the younger girl, you know, loses to the more experienced wrestler. You know, and, it, and it's it, it's so neat to to see that, you know, 
uh, I enjoy, you know, looking at synopsis and when I watch videos, sometimes you can tell, you can tell, you know, when certain people have ordered the same custom or they've ordered multiple customs from, from somebody uh, because, you know, you see those common elements within their stuff. I'm sure that there's somebody who's probably bought, uh, I hope actually, let me rephrase that. I hope that I am not the only person who ever enjoyed the customs I ordered from <laughs> certain companies. I hope that somebody else somewhere out there. Well, based on what those. you just told me that you're into, I'm sure many have enjoyed yeah, your you, customs. I, I would hope so. But uh, it seems you're into but, a very heavy bit of domination, submission, face sitting. I mean, those are huge, huge things. Yeah. But you know, I, I wonder if anybody ever, you know, ordered more than one of them and was like, Oh, I wonder if, if it's that guy, if that guy ordered this one, because I've never, because, you know, I, I did have a, a pretty yeah. standard thing that I would put it, it, in most of my customs. One of the ways I like my person to lose a very specific type of face it and uh, that I'd never really seen done that way before. And so, you know, uh, it, it's neat, you know, I, it'd be fun sometime uh, to have, a, and there probably is a forum out there. Uh, I, I don't spend a lot of time on the internet because uh, of work, but uh, there, there's probably a forum out there for, you know, where guys who've ordered customs for multiple companies, you know, get together and like talk about the last one they ordered. And, you know, it'd just be neat to, you know, ask, because I've always wanted to ask some of these guys, hey man, you know, everybody's kink is so specific. Uh, and there's things that, and, and you and I have talked about this, where like I've watched some, some of the stuff you've produced for that. I'm sure, I'm sure you've never said that it was a custom, uh, but uh, you know, I can watch and I'm like, okay, this was somebody really wanted to see this. And I'm, you know, and I've said like, okay, this doesn't do it for me. Like I don't really get into uh, uh, the, the guys who like the fights with weapons or the, the, the fights with, you know, role playing out the gunplay and stuff it just doesn't do it for me. I, I don't find it offensive because it's a fantasy, you know, and it doesn't bother me. And, you know, your fantasy is allowed to be a little bit dark. You know, you're not acting upon it. That's sometimes yeah. the benefit. That's why, well, that's why when we shoot stuff like that, I always try to keep it on the campier side. Yeah. Um, I've had a lot of offers to go full like necro fetish where it's like, Hey, I want a girl, you know, uh, sliced open and blood's pouring out. And I'm just like, nah, man, that's not really what we're going yeah, for. That's not what you guys do. We don't really want to go for deadly violence. It's, it's always very tongue in cheek. Uh, yeah. And pro, you know, pro wrestling's the same way for the most part, unless you're watching like ECW early day yeah. stuff where it's like, Oh, that's, that's, that's a whole ring made of razor wire. Right. you know um but which is never my thing ask, i've always wanted to ask those guys i'm like you know like to have them on a, a podcast and be like okay man you know where did this start for you you know like where where did this what about that you know like you know uh what, what was this one thing that made this be the key thing you really liked to see you know because it it, it came from somewhere and it would just be neat to, to hear some of those stories from people, you know, uh, was it a personal experience, something that directly happened to you? Was it something you saw in person? Was it something you saw in a video? Are we talking you know, about the necro stuff? No. Well, I, for them too, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. But like, you know, even in the wrestling stuff, like, you know, you mentioned earlier, the Wonder Woman chloroform scene. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that there's a, there's a, a fan of sleepy fetish or chloro out there. Who hasn't who, seen that, yeah. Who has not seen that and does not think that it's still probably one of the hottest things ever. Oh, I, I keep making the joke. It's not really a joke, but I was like, if I ever meet Linda Carter at a... <laughs> At a at a convention, I'm gonna totally you just have to thank her. No, I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna say thank you. I wouldn't I, I would not be doing what I do now if yeah. it wasn't for you. 
And then, of course, she would say, well, why is that? And then it would get uncomfortable. But, yeah. <laughs> but, I would, but true. so many of us have seen that scene and we can point to that as, well, you know, I saw that and holy shit, if that didn't do it for me, you know, and, uh, you know, and uh, we talked the other day about, you know, uh, on the flip side, from a submissive standpoint, you know, seeing a uh, cloak and dagger for me. And uh, when, you know, the, the bad guys, uh, chloroform Henry Thomas, when, you know, mm-hmm. here's this young kid having this happen to him, that, that first implanted that in my mind is, well, maybe I'd like that to happen to me. Yeah. You know, and, and that was kind of a beginning of a submissive side of things for me. So it's like, it would just be neat to hear some of these, these stories from these guys of like, okay, what was, what was the one moment? What did it for you? It's so weird. I can't pinpoint an exact moment for myself. I just remember like seeing a lot of stuff on TV and every time there would be a, a knockout, like an unconscious mm-hmm. uh, opponent who was, uh, you know, in, in, a, in femme femme combat, I would just be like, Oh, that's kind of nice. Um, but the, I would always make notes. I think my wife um, uh, and I, sometimes we, you know, we'll watch, you know, we'll watch some movie, some mystery film, and uh, there'll be a chloroform scene, and we'll just start laughing because it'll be like, "Wait, how did they cut away? No, 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 don't cut away there. What yeah. the fuck is wrong with yeah. you?" You know, and my Why wife's like, my, my, "Yeah," and my wife's like, "Where's the fucking eye roll?" You know, and so, yeah. uh, so it's kind of like that. And so when I started producing, I that was the big thing for me. I wanted to do all the things that I wished I would have found when I was scouring the internet back in the right. uh, mid nineties. I wanted to do that. I wanted to be that for somebody else. I wanted somebody to go like, man, I've been, I just spent three days looking through all these clip stores and all I see is shitty cat fights, shitty lighting, you know, um, bad acting or, you know, bad camera work. And, um, and, and then suddenly someone goes like, Oh, have you been to sleeper kids world? And I've had people tell me those stories. Yeah. Like, and then I stumbled across your site and I'm not saying, like I said, I don't want to toot my horn to that degree. I know that I've only gotten good at this in the last, I'd say, <laughs> I'd say maybe five years of 20 years. I think I've gotten good at it. Um, and, Cause you know, I look at some of my old videos and I'm just like, all right, that was pretty good. And then I look back at the older ones, like the ones where I was first starting and I'm like, Oh shit, there was like no white balance. You know, it looks like it was shot inside of a papaya. Um, but, but the action is still pretty decent, you know? Well, that's just it. You know, I think, and I think it's different. I think for those of us who have been around longer, right? Uh, just like, you know, how you mentioned that amateur aspect of, you know, the, the comforters on the floor and moving on from there. For those of us who were there from the beginning of those kind of days, like, you know, you could show some of the old DT tapes to a, a kid nowadays, you know, some, somebody in their 20s who has a wrestling fetish. And they would be like, this looks like shit. It looks like it's filmed with a camcorder and you know, it's, oh, it's, it, it's grainy and what's going on here. And why are they doing a close up right then? You know, or, or show them one of your things from back then. And they, they probably be saying the same things, but if that's what you started with, you loved it because it was, it was there. It, it was all you had. And it was your first chance to see some of this action, you know, like, uh, you know, those old DT tapes, some of them still do it for me. I, I still go back, you know, it's funny, uh, you know, I'll, I'll watch, you know, something new that you've done and then I'll, I'll go back every now and then I'll watch like an, an old video uh, with Jessel or, you know, Angelina or sure. uh, Carrie back when Carrie was first starting to do stuff with you. And, uh, 
one, it, it's kind of fun to go back and watch it for the people who are still in the business. It's fun to watch it and be like, oh, wow, you know, they were so young and, you know, they're so fresh and, and new to it, you know, and, and then sometimes you watch it and you're like, oh, you know, I wonder where that person is now and, you know, what, what they're doing. But, uh, but they still hold up, you know, like it, it the, you know, as a producer, I'm sure you go back and you look at it and you're like, oh, this is horrible because all you can see are the flaws because you were there. Yeah. Yeah. And and it is. And like I said, I, I, the, the, I take that back. Cause even, even the stuff where I I didn't shoot it correctly in terms of white balancing, uh, the camera work is still solid and the, the performances from the women I I got, you know, I was so lucky to work with uh, at the time, you know, just fantastic. We always, we always avoided all the pet peeves because, you know, for a lot of uh, fans of the, of, of female combat, there's a lot of pet peeves. There's a lot of pet peeves that people didn't really address. And I was one of those fans, you know, that's the thing about my site. And of course other sites, you know, like uh, Rick and Femme Wrestling Rooms mm-hmm. are, are the reason that the Rick stuff shines is because he's also he's a, a dedicated yeah. fan. He's not just some guy who was like, well, I heard that this is a good market and, right. um, and uh, you know, I should be able to make myself a, a quick buck. He wanted to do it because it was a passion project. Mine yeah. too. I mean, if you had told me back in 98 that I would be doing Still this, doing yeah and that it would be my main source of income i would have probably asked you what you were smoking and asked to have some you know and so um but yeah like the pet peeves for example we can delve into that so a lot of our our wrestling fans that are listening i i know you guys purchase stuff uh i have my own laundry list of pet peeves that come from you know years of, of scouring the net and trying to find the stuff that i ended up you know kind of producing um but like, for example, shitty synopses, shitty synopses. What the fuck? We talked about it earlier, but for the love of God, like just tell a brother what moves you use, you know? Yeah. And it, um, it doesn't have to be a laundry list. No, but, although that's what I provide too. <laughs> yeah, you do. And, and that is nice. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but, you know, I don't expect everybody to be that thorough, but give me enough of a feeling that, you know, okay, if don't tell me, okay, you know, there's smothers and sleeper holds. If the smother is two seconds of a face hit that doesn't result in anything. And, you know, there's one sleeper hold at the very end of the match and the person passes out in 10 seconds. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm going to feel a little gypped. So yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the way I look at it is this way. If you, if you see a car online that you like, you know, you just saw the new Tesla um, you're not going to buy that motherfucker until you take a test drive, you know, until, right. until you see it in the flesh, until you feel it, until you get inside of it and you pretty much touch everything. And um, that's kind of how I feel a synopsis should work. You know, it should yeah. be like, I get to know everything about this thing except owning it. Right. And so when you finally get to the end and, and you're full of all that information, you've seen 70, you know, bid caps and you've seen the, the, the 30 or 40 high res collages are on the website. Um, and you've seen a trailer that my, my friend cuts for me, like, and you go like, well, shit, I, I've got to buy it. But when yeah. you're on a clips for sale store and it's like, Hey, Barbara, where are your bikini? Takes on Shelly. Yeah. Who's also wearing a bikini and Madison Sue's 39.99, you know? Yeah. Well, it, it, and you know what, my, my pet peeve that goes along with that, and this is a, a clips for sale thing, is uh, when they, the, the producer does go to the trouble to add a preview 
but it's a 10 second preview and it's a 10 second preview of the title card because uh, you know, yeah yeah be like here's my fbi warning here's the name of my company and that's the length of the preview yeah it's like dude uh just give, give me 10 seconds. You don't have to give me a full minute clip, which some, some producers on there do. And that is awesome. If when they do that, I think sure. that's because it really does give me a feel then of, Oh, I think I'm really going to like this. Okay. Uh, but you know, if, if it's just, you know, it's pretty much an instant, I'm not going to bother buying this because there's nothing to go off of, you know, or if, if the gif is just, you know, it's a five second gif and it's, and okay, I'm old. Is GIF the right way to say it? I know that's a debate. I, I, I use GIF. Okay, thank God somebody else does. All right. So uh, if it's, you know, 10 seconds of that and it's like, you know, okay, here's a shot of the title card. Here's a shot of the two girls facing off. Uh, and, you know, here's one shot of action. And then it's back to the title card. Yeah, I have a guy who legit does music video trailers for me. Well, yeah. it'll be some yeah. hard rock song in the background and it'll just be, you know, he'll, it'll be a good minute long yeah spliced uh and, kind of a, a high spot kind of of you know yeah. and, uh, and that, clip. that's awesome like yours are always good for that uh, uh combat fetish uh x club wrestling their their previews are always awesome uh, i've never been disappointed in one of their things I mean, they do a great job so it's like let let folks know put a little effort into your presentation yeah you know, because, you know, people say you eat with the eyes first when you go to a restaurant. You know, you eat with your eyes. It has to look appealing. If you make the, the clip appealing through your synopsis and a little bit of what's shown, it's good. But, again, that's, that's probably getting away from the kink a little bit. No, no, yeah, no. But that does, you know, once again, when you're dealing – I mean, I wanna, um, I've got to thank my ex-girlfriend for this because she actually pushed me to – um, <laughs> we actually, we, her family was like, I, I was studying to be a journalist at the time. And she was just like, I was trying to impress her family and her family was like, he, you should do something more lucrative. And she was like, you should go into PR. And I'm like, oh, well, it sounds better on paper. I didn't really care about writing. But I'm like, I'll go into PR. And so I did, I, I became a public relations major and, uh, my, my, I had a minor in business speech, I think is what it was. And those things actually came in handy when doing the website yeah. because, you know, you started looking at demographic. You started looking at what crowd are you trying to appeal to? Um, you know, one of the things that I've always felt has helped my success as well as, as I'm sure, Rick's success and, and, and other companies out there, Carrie Spectrum, Jacqueline mm -hmm. Velvets, is the um, the ability to interact with the fans, you know? Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of companies that just kind of treat the fans like they're they're these you know like they're that guy at the end of RoboCop who's covered in gunk you know yeah you're the uh, yeah and and it's just it's like no man these people are, the reason you you are able to pay your rent you know with this money is because they believe in what you do and yeah. and I I treat I. I, I thank them every single day, you know, yeah. I don't even pray that much. I'm not religious, but I'll wake up and I'll, I'll thank God for my fans. You know, it's like, thank and, you. And, but that, that's a real shame too, because it's, you know, uh, while it's, it's dismissive and, and you notice it, you notice even on like Twitter, which people who, even if they, you know, if they're a bratty fem, femdom girl, uh, but you know, you, you can see the ones who are truly appreciative of their fans, but it's like, you know, a lot of people who are in this business, they talk about, oh, well, you know, you should be open-minded and, you know, yeah, okay, I'm, you know, uh, I, I produce this content, whether it's a male or a female producing it, you know, so it's like you're kind of in the, you're, you're in the sex work business to a certain extent, 
you know, if, if you're producing kink or fetish material, it, 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 you just are, you know, and, you know, so there's this whole thing for, okay, let's be accepting of, of people's body types and whatnot. You don't know who's buying this. And, and I, I will, I'll preface this. There's a ton of sleazeballs out there. There are a ton of people who email and badger people and ask for free content and are just rude and utterly horrible, horrible people. That said, you know, there are also a lot of people who are very successful people who, who just have a kink. Like, you know, and you, you know pretty well about me, but I mean, uh, I, I won't get into specifics, but I make very good money in my living. I've had a very successful career uh, my, my whole life. I'm in, you know, again, not tooting my horn. I'm in great shape. I'm a good looking guy. I'm an athlete. Uh, you would not look at me and go, oh, this guy buys, you know, internet porn uh, about fetish wrestling. You know, you wouldn't look at me and think a weird thing like that. You know, uh, your kink doesn't define who you are. You can be anybody and, and have a kink. And uh, when, when producers kind of take that dismissive attitude, it's not surprising that a lot of them aren't that successful. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's a, it's a very easy mistake to make. Um, and I've met several fans, you know, I've had people who have walked up to me at airports and introduced themselves. And I've had people who will say, Hey, I'm going to, you know, I, I heard you're going to be in town. Can I buy you a beer? And I'll be like, yeah, sure. Public place. <laughs> that's, that's cool. <laughs> um, and, uh, but if they're like, Hey, come to my house for a party. I'm like, uh, probably not, but, yeah, that, but, that's uh, little- yeah, but if they want to buy me a beer and you know shoot the shit, totally, man. One of my one of my uh, one of my biggest uh, one of the biggest fans of my early work is the guy who introduced me to my wife. So like, I, if I had not befriended him, you know, I don't know if yeah. I would ever ever heard of of my beautiful wife. And so, um, so yeah, so it's you got to be respectful of your fans. And like, I'm a fan too, man. And and you know, if you treat them all like they're just mouth breathing cave dwellers like it's you know you're not going to make a whole it's just not going to be a successful business you got to have respect for your fans some of the best people i've I've met online have been people who are into this stuff you know so um but going on to the uh, another pet peeve um actually you go next so what would be another pet peeve when it comes to produce uh to, to purchasing wrestling videos okay uh well you know it for me it it is a uh you know, it, it's, it's kind of a minor thing, but when, when you have two performers going, you know, and we talked about how, how much a, uh, a silent match is weird. By that same token, uh, when, the, when the attitude doesn't match what's supposedly going on, right? So, like, if, if you're supposed to have this uh, dominant match or, you know, an intense match, whatever the type of match it is, if it's, if it's a cat fight, it, the, the demeanor needs to be serious from both people, you know, because it breaks the, dis, the it, there, there's a suspension of disbelief. I know you aren't really fighting, but you know, if, if one is just constantly talking and making silly jokes and not treating it with the gravity of the performance, it's no worse than watching two actors where one of them is, you know, in clown makeup and the other one is, you know, Lawrence Olivier. It, it doesn't work. So when, when there's a, when the attitude of the, the performers doesn't match what they're trying to do on screen. Uh, and that's more of a, 
that well one that's clearly a direction thing you know if, if the producer is you know really trying to rein in and keep things straight that, that you know you would think that they would try to stop that if it's clearly distracting but sometimes yeah. that's a performer thing like that there are some performers who i after watching one or two videos with them i'm like okay you're you're okay but i'm probably not gonna i'm not gonna buy something with you in it again uh and and that kind of that goes along with uh oh, I lost my train of thought for a second. Derailed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, no. Oh, to, to, oh, to, no. It it goes into the whole. You know, you can be very attractive, but if you're not believable, or if if you're just if you come across too annoying, or too sure, talking, sure, yeah. You know, like uh, one great thing about Hollywood is you know Hollywood would would always talk trash in her matches, but it added to it. It, it never, her, her verbal stuff never detracted from it. But like, there've been a couple people who, uh, they get in the match and they're just like saying such random shit in the middle of it. Uh, I won't say it is, but it's like, you know, these two blondes are uh, going at it and it's supposed to be this hardcore smother match. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're doing face sits to each other, hand smothers, breast smothers, there's sleeper holds thrown in. Yeah. And, but then like in the meantime, you know, like they're breaking character, you know, like they're, 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 they're cracking up at their own. Oh, uh, well own. that, that's, that's a whole other. Okay. Yeah, so, so it's so, like, you know, the one who's knocked out, she's still knocked out, but you know, they'll make a mistake and it doesn't get edited out. And she just kind of laughs it off and keeps going. And it's just like, nope, nope. That if, if, if that happens, it it ruins it. It's, it's like if you're in the middle of sex and, you know, yay, sex can be funny. You know, everybody's had something happen during sex where you, you've kind of had to break, it broke the mood, you know, at just oh, the right. I've been in situations yeah, for, and, and you for have, role play, for example, where someone oh, breaks character. Role plays. It's, you've got to, I mean, I, uh, there you was someone I was, oh, dude, there was someone I was with who wanted to do a role play thing and, and I was getting into it. I was like, this is fun. And then suddenly like she broke character and it just, all the wind left the situation. Yeah. I was like, okay, we got to start from the beginning. Yeah. Um, but no, what you just said uh, leads into my pet peeve, which is um, people who break character. And that's, it, it's such a bizarre thing to me because I just go like, okay, I know the guy who's running the camera saw what just happened. Yeah. You know? And so then you start to think, well, is it somebody who just doesn't care um, did they just hand the camera to somebody and leave the room? Cause that apparently happens a lot where someone will just go like, Hey man, I just, you know, here's a bunch of scripts. Um, who's here. Uh, Oh, uh, the, that wrestler's boyfriend. Is he got anything to do right now? No. Okay. Well, here, here you go, man. You run oh. the camera and the girls will just read this through the script and, and just film it for me and just get it to me by the end of the day. And then, um, and then that's it. And then the guy, the producer gets his, you know, his, uh, his, his, camera with with all the files on it and then he goes through and he releases them and you know without editing or anything like that mm -hmm. and sometimes he'll just be like make sure the girls make sure you don't cut because some of these guys don't like to cut they don't like to they, they don't like i had one guy who his stuff just just absolute garbage and and i was just like why didn't you stop during this one thing and he was just like oh i, I don't i don't like to have to cut while i edit i just like to have an intro fade in and fade out and i was like what okay <laughs> it that my brain i just kind of blue screened yeah. for like a few seconds yeah because 
to me, it's like, you know, I'm not saying I'm Spielberg or anything like that, but come on, man, like put a little bit of, of effort into it. And so for me, when you see a, a girl or a guy suddenly giggle or laugh or, or, you know, look off screen and ask a question to the director, you know, or whisper yeah. something into the girl's ear. I mean, a lot of pro wrestlers will do that. Will grab somebody and like very, oh, yeah, yeah. They'll just be like, yeah, they'll grab somebody and be like, I'm going to throw you into the corner. And you're like, oh, Jesus. And, um, and so that's a, that's a big one for me. Um, the other one that, that bugs me is camera work. And I've, man, not since the Jason Bourne series has fetish experienced so much shaky cam. Like I remember <laughs> like with, with wrestling videos, so many like shaky and off, like off kilter. And like, you know, the subject's not even in the middle of the shot. The, the lighting is terrible, stuff like that. I mean, it just goes like, you go like, why did anybody pay for this? Yeah. And, and, and that's, you know, with, with that one, it's like sometimes you give some of it a pass, you know? Oh, like, some of it. Yeah, of course. You know, it, it's, uh, you let a little bit of it go, but like there's times where it's like you're, you're, you're barely, you're not captured. Like, and that's just, it. it's like, if, if you could only put up a static camera and I, I've seen, I've seen videos like that where it's like, Hey, here's a camera. It doesn't move, but we're not even going to try to gear the action to make sure you can see what's going on. Like the performers aren't even aware of where the camera's at. And it always makes me think of, uh, <laughs> there's an episode of always sunny in Philadelphia, uh, where, uh, the guys see this collection of sex tapes that their buddy has made with all these different women he slept with. And the way he has set up the camera on the night on his nightstand all of the sex tapes are basically a view of his ass, you know, and balls while he's screwing. <laughs> and, and why would anybody want to watch that? Why would you even want to rewatch that? And that's kind of what it makes me think of. It's like, okay, if you put up a static camera, don't just give me, you know, these horrible shots where nobody can really see what's going on. And again, it sounds like a small thing, but female combat is very specific for the fans, you know, and what does it for one person is not going to do it for another. And you can't, and, and you kind of see it, you, you see, and you've mentioned it, you see those people who maybe I'm a model, maybe I've done a lot of other kind of work, but I've never made a wrestling video before. And I'm going to try to make one. And, and a lot of times it might just be coming from, okay, they've never made one before. So you can't even feel, you can't really fault them for the fact that it's not that great because Clearly, they don't have the experience. But when, when people have been in business for a while and this is supposed to be the main thing they're producing, that's when it becomes a huge pet peeve. Yeah. yeah. And um, like I said, I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm being a bit, you know, a bit too picky. But yeah, there's, you, when you're putting so much work into, uh, and this hasn't happened, this, to clarify, this hasn't happened recently. It's been mostly when I was coming up and, and watching stuff and trying, yeah. to learn, trying to learn from what I, was, what, what I was checking out. And there was companies that really did pay attention to, to camera work. Uh, companies like Double Trouble, for example. Yep. Um, yep. You know, uh, uh, I would have to go Hollywood. Um, Hollywood really put a lot of thought into how she was filming. Uh, certain Lady Victoria videos, Femme Wrestling Rooms, you know, uh, eventually later on, I would look at Rick's stuff and be like, man, great work, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was one of my big pet peeves. Uh, the worst one ever was, um, I, I, I can't name the company, but it was, uh, it was two, two girls working in the ring and they were decent workers, uh, both pros. It was not very good lighting, but the camera kept 
they would be in the center of the camera for about 10 seconds and then the camera would slowly start to pan down and to the right. And then you would kind of lose sight of what the girls were doing. And then you would hear this weird sound that was like this constant, like, and I was like, oh, there must be something wrong with the, with, with the mic. And then it would pan back up and then you'd see the girls wrestle for another 20 seconds. And then it would slowly start that weird yeah. pan back. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. And then finally, at the end of the video, I kind of caught it at the end, at the edge of the, the screen. This motherfucker <laughs> was chewing gum, which was what the sound was. And then he kept, I guess he was texting while filming. So he was looking down at his phone while he was <laughs> texting. So as he looked down, his left hand that was holding the camera was slowly mm -hmm. panning down wow. to the right until you finally saw the edge of the phone. And I was just yeah. like, holy shit, someone ordered this as a custom. Yeah. And, and someone and that, paid $500 for this and this is what they got, you know, in the yeah. mail. And, and that's, yeah. that's why, you know, uh, I've always been very selective about who I actually order customs from for, for that very reason. You know, uh, I, I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not willing to, to, to throw it out there, you know, cause it's, uh, it, it really is. It's, you know, it's, your kink is a lot like, you know, your first time with, with a new partner, you know, or ordering a custom is a lot like your first time with a new partner. If, if you don't go with a, a good company, you could very well have this thing where it's just a horrible experience. You don't know what you're getting into beforehand. You know, it might look like it's going to be good. You might think that there's this chemistry that they can give you what you want. Uh, but, you know, I should rephrase. It's like your first time with a new prostitute because you're giving them $500. Uh, you know, so it's not like your first time with a new partner because, hey, you're, you're both potentially going to enjoy this. Uh, they're get, In this case, they're getting paid no matter what. Or even like a session wrestler. I'm not going to equate them with prostitution, of course, because it's, it's, it's not the same thing. But, or, or like you said, with, with someone who you're a repeat customer with. Um, right. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Sessions... That, that's a neat, that, that's a kind of a good segue into this because it, it's, you know, I, I, session have, you ever, have you ever done a session? I've, I've done one. And oh, okay. I, now, now that I've done one, I would like to do more. Uh, so for those who don't know, session wrestling is essentially uh, the opportunity for, for you to wrestle uh, a female wrestler. Uh, it is almost always on the up and up uh, with nothing sexual involved. Uh, I've heard rumors of that occasionally happening, but uh, not with any of the people who uh, are well known in the business. Uh, well, that and there's also uh, there's there's dozens of message boards where you can go and vouch or right. you know, people yeah. can vouch for you and, and people can post if you're like a yeah. shitty client. Well, and, and a lot of, uh, like I said, it, it's great. A lot of the people that they look for references before they'll even agree to wrestle you. Uh, but, you know, you, you pay the money and depending on what that person's comfort level is and what their boundaries are, uh, you know, it might appeal to whatever your fetish is. If you have a foot fetish, maybe they'll, you know, trample you with their feet and let you worship their feet. If you have a head scissor fetish, they'll put you in head scissors for an hour, you know, or whatnot. Uh, so I've been aware of session wrestling since, uh, well, since it was really kind of a thing. And like, even when, you know, uh, some of the early websites for it, Diana Valkyrie's website, uh, and then session girls uh, and whatnot. Uh, so I've, uh, I had always kind of thought about it and I was like, well, you know, it was a lot like customs for me. It was like, I don't really know uh, if, if I want to spend the money for this and not really know what I'm getting into. 
And a lot of times I just, I wasn't, I wasn't going to travel. I wasn't going to spend money to go to a city I wasn't already in to try to create this opportunity. So if they weren't traveling to wherever I happened to be at, and because of my job at the time, uh, I was usually in places where they were never going to come there because <laughs> I was in some pretty remote places where uh, good people don't go. So, because uh, it, it just wasn't safe. So, uh, so I, I never really had the opportunity, uh, but I kind of kept an eye on it and I thought about it and whatnot. And I was like, well, maybe it would be cool. Uh, but, you know, it, it was one of those things of a progression of over time. It was like, you know, when I was younger, I was like, well, I don't know if I'd be ready for this uh, or if this is what if I would enjoy it. So anyway, uh, it, it wasn't till more, uh, it was more recent and I had kind of gotten into uh, enjoying, you know, some femdom stuff. And I was like, well, I wonder if I could have a session with somebody who could kind of combine a couple of those, a couple of my different kinks together. And uh, so uh, I, I did find somebody and I, you know, it kind of looked like, you know, she was into it. And so I, I emailed her and I was like, Hey, this is kind of what I would like. And, and, you know, guys, if, if you're going to contact a session wrestler, uh, treat it as if you were on a job interview, man, you know, I'll, I'll say this. You know, I, I send an initial email and you don't want to send 60,000 emails to somebody. It wastes their time. I sent an email and in my first email, I said, hi, this is my name. I'm going to be in your area these days. I was wondering if you were going to be available for a session. And then yeah. I didn't just send that email. Then underneath it, I said, what I am hoping for would be something along these lines. I would like to, to kind of hit these wickets, tick, 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 you know, uh, and I'm, you know, I just want to make sure that those are within your boundaries and your comfort level and feel free to ask me any questions and, and send it to her. And, uh, and she was great. You know, she, she responded back and was like, yeah, you know, we can do this, this, and this, you know, that the, all those things sound okay to me. And, and we set it up and, uh, and, and I went and did it and I had a ball, uh, you know, I, I was, I was pretty nervous cause it was my first time doing one. And, uh, you know, having done it, I was like, okay, I think, I think I would like to do this again, you know? Uh, so there've been a couple times where I've, I've contacted a few people and, and this happens too, you know, sometimes you contact somebody and they, they, they they're kind of flaky, you know, uh, you know, I, I emailed one person, uh, and just never got a response, uh, at all. Uh, I've emailed another one and it was like no response, uh, no response. And then it was literally uh, the day I was getting into town and they were like, sure. You know, I, 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 you know, and I'd emailed them like a week and a half before. And it was the day I was getting into town and I had already made plans because I'd never heard from them. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. You know, I emailed you a week and a half ago. Uh, no offense, but you know, my time's valuable too. I can't just drop on a dime. So you know, I, I know people have had, you know, things go right and wrong uh, with sessions, but uh, the other thing I would say with that though is, is be upfront with what you really want. And, you know, like for, for mine, I was like, Hey, you know, uh, these are the kind of things, these are the kind of holds I would like to, to do with you. This is kind of, you know, I'm, I'm going to be pretty submissive during this. I, you know, this is kind of the, the verbal back and forth I would like with you. And I think because I was honest about, I didn't just say, well, I'd kind of like to wrestle you and maybe put, put, put me in a hold, you know, 
and then go into it and because you didn't really communicate what you wanted, you're not going to get what you want. It's just like a custom. So I was like, hey, I want you to call me this and I want you to do this to me. And, if the, and, and I asked, is this okay with you? And she's like, yeah, that's all fine. I'd be happy to. And I was like, fucking score, cool. And because of that, it, it was good and it, and it went great. So it, it's one of those other ways to kind of enjoy your kink in a much more in-person way uh, and potentially with you know, somebody who you're already a fan of uh, because you, you've seen some of their, video, their videos. I mean, there's a couple people... Well, I would love now that I've done one and seen that, okay, it's not that scary and it can be fun. There's a few people I would love to have a session with, you know, if, if the opportunity. It's, ever it's never anything that, that, that crossed my radar. I've worked with a lot of session wrestlers um, and it just, I don't know. I, I think for me, it was, if I ever was to role play wrestling in a, in an intimate manner, I think it would have to be with somebody that was, you know, that I was in a relationship with. It, it, there's something or not in relationship with as much as someone that I knew also had the kink. Yeah. And I think that's what makes it different for me is like, I, I feel like I don't, it has to be a two way street. I can't, and I, I'm not saying anything at all disparaging people who do sessions because no, like no. I, I obviously, you know, it's, it's a huge business, but for me, it's definitely more like um, I, I, I would enjoy that a lot more if I knew the other person was as into it as I was. Yeah. And, uh, but, but at the same time, yeah, it really, really does help. But for, for me, but other people really don't care. They're just like, Oh, someone's willing to indulge me in my kink and I'm paying them for their time. Then that's, that's awesome too. And I, I agree yeah. with that, you know, especially if it's done safely and, and, and sensibly. Um, I've heard some horror stories from, uh, from customers, but I've also heard some even more horrible stories from, uh, from certain wrestlers where, okay. but you know, those, those are things that happen very rarely for the most part. It's, it's yeah. pretty chill and you're right. It doesn't turn sexual. A lot of, uh, a lot of session wrestlers have like a very strict guideline. And if the moment you cross a the line then you know, it's over, it's over um, yeah. but, well, uh, and, but yeah, <clears throat> you mentioned, you know, the you wanting them to know that they're into it too. And I think a lot of that has to do with what, what kind of session you want. Uh, like if I was going to do kind of a, a limp play session with somebody or like a, a, a pro session, uh, I would want somebody who it did seem like was also kind of into it, right? Because it would be like, okay, uh, it, it would just flow better. Uh, if, if it was going to be like, I don't, I don't really get off on competitive sessions uh, because I, I, I do competitive uh, grappling already. So there's nothing sexual uh, or really even kink in that for me. Uh, because it, yeah, yeah, it sounds most like it sounds more like you're you're paying somebody to just work out. Uh, yeah, and and that's for for me that that's all that would be is it would be like well, you know I don't I, I don't want to pay that that kind of money for somebody where it'd be like well now I'm kind of curious can I really win you know and and then it escalates because I'm I'm actually really trying. Uh, in in my case for the session that I got it was like okay I based on what I wanted to have happen in that it's totally okay if she thinks that it's stupid because that's kind of the role she's playing, you know, but if it was going to be more of a, a limp play chloro thing, which would be very fun. Uh, Cause I, I've, I've done that with people I've been in relationships with and it, okay. it was great. It would have to be something where I kind of felt that they were enjoying it in the same way. And, and that's just it in a session. That's not what's going on, you know, like, yeah. it, cause not an erotic thing for them at all it's not a kink for them it is work for them 
So it's like they might really enjoy a good competitive session because they enjoy the competitive nature of the grappling. They might enjoy a dominant session. They might enjoy kind of, you know, role-playing some pro stuff. Uh, but, you know, it's, I think when you get into the dynamics of, of certain types of female combat play, especially limp play, you know, chloro type stuff, role plate sleepers, there's a different level of trust and intimacy there that I think is difficult to do in a session. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, most definitely. And once again, you know, you, you are talking about the fine line between sexual and non-sexual. So it's, it's, you know, it, it's uh, with sessions, you definitely have to lay down some serious uh, guidelines. Mm -hmm. Otherwise things can, can get out of hand. Definitely. Um, but, uh, but yeah, but let's get back to the, um, to the core of the wrestling. Cause one of the things that, um, I remember I was having a conversation with a couple of friends um, about a year ago who didn't know what I did or they knew what I did, but they hadn't really talked to me about it. And they just went like, they just said like, well, what is it about what you do that fascinates people? And the, the thing that I came up with, I remember we, we had a party where everybody was, everybody, um, everybody who came to the party uh, did like a five minute PowerPoint presentation on whatever they wanted to, to, to pick as a subject. Um, it was a theme party and I was like, man, this is the whitest party I've ever been to. In my entire life. But it was fun. I mean, people were, did entire presentations on like Lord of the Rings and like, you know, video games and, and horror movies and, and whatever. Uh, and I did mine on, on the wrestling thing. And uh, the thing that I came up with, which is based on something that I heard a long time ago, is that the reason that, that female wrestling is such a hook for a lot of people is that you have, you know, you see guys fight in movies all the time. And you see dudes fight in, in the ring, you see boxing, you see MMA, um, or, uh, you know, early MMA where there weren't a lot of women. But with, with, when you're growing up and you see two women, like in a fight, it really boggles the mind. It's like a shock yeah. to the senses because you, you have these two. You don't expect that behavior, based, especially based on how you're raised to a certain extent. Yeah, you have two creatures that are, you know, literally um, – nurturers you know their mothers their sisters their daughters you know they're, they're they're these positive creatures in the world like you always when we take a step back and look at what men are historically you know, warmongers and you know aggressive dick waving assholes you know time to time mm -hmm. and then you have women who are the ones that take care of you when you, so when you're growing up and you see these beautiful women who are suddenly duking it out and they're holding their own and they're kicking ass and you know really throwing in some hard strikes or putting some badass moves on each other it's it's a shocking thing. I mean, I it's there's always been a running joke with 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 movies and sitcoms where like oh you know guys are at a bar, two women start fighting, no one stops, no one stops it. Right. You know, it's always just like hey guys, look over there, look what's going on. You know, um, and I think that's kind of the core of it. Um, mixed wrestling is a, a thing that became so taboo uh, when I started doing it um, because it was you know, guys weren't supposed to defeat girls. I mean, for, for the longest time that I looked online, um, I would see videos where it was just like, you know, some like 100 pound girl completely dominating some like 200 pound dude uh, yeah. with like her scissors and stuff. And I would just kind of be like, oh, okay, all right, cool. If that's your, your, your thing. But I kind of was like, I want to find something where like, you know, let's, 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 if we're going to go taboo, let's do it. Let's have a guy dominate a girl and, and then I would find videos like that that were unfortunately very misogynistic. 
Yeah, th- there wasn't there wasn't a, a, a good middle ground there. No, and so what I decided to do when I started the site was like I wanted to do mixed combat in a way where it wasn't. I mean, I think there was some companies like DT, and I think um, I can't think of anybody else where where the guy won, and it wasn't like cringy, you know. Right. Um, but when we started doing ours, I wanted to do a thing where it's like I wanted to to have a mixed match where the woman wasn't, if the woman lost, it wasn't because she was a woman. Right. It was because she was just not as good of a wrestler. Right. You know, as the, as the man, you know? And so we, uh, we kind of did that. We kind of did this thing where it's like, here's two wrestlers and in each storyline, the man's going to dominate because he just knows his shit and he's never going to talk down to his opponent. He's about, you know, gender or anything like that. It's going to be pretty much like, you know, very playful, no, yeah. no use of any, I always banned any sort of words that was like, yeah, you fucking, you know, slut or you whore. Yeah. And I'm just like, that stuff just never clicked with us. Like I, I, there was no need for it. It's not exactly. It's not, you can be a great heel. You can humiliate your opponent. You can be dominant and you can do all of that without addressing anything about their gender, their race, a- any of that. It can be truly just, I am, I am better in this situation. I'm better than you because I'm better than you, not because I'm a man. You know, it, exactly. it, it doesn't have to be filled with those words. And, and you know, because there's humiliation and there's degradation. Yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. Humiliate somebody without degrading them as a person. Exactly. And so I always found that that was a very difficult uh, landing to stick, but we've managed, I think, to do it to a degree. And there's other companies that have done it. You know, I think uh, uh, Femme Wrestling Rooms does it really well, mm-hmm. where it's very, very tongue in cheek. It's it's campy. There's none of this like, you know, there's there's no hatred towards women. It's just, it, it, it's you know, it, it, it's more about like here's two competitors and one happens to be uh, better than the other. You know. Yeah. Um, and, so and that's even in the pro world when you know there's a, a a good way of doing it and a bad way of doing it. And you know, uh, Jordan Grace has been in matches like that where you know it's 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 not about the fact that one's a guy and one's a girl. It's about you know, and and pro wrestling allows that because yeah. it, it can be about the technique and about the people more so than anything else. Yes. Exactly. Um, well, that I think that that should pretty much wrap us up with the female wrestling stuff, unless there's anything else that you think we should cover. Um, I, I wanted to cover kind of the mystique of it and also current productions. Um, uh, in terms of the future of female wrestling, um, when it comes to kink and fetish, I, I, I don't know where it's going to go. Um, we're going to try to keep doing our thing. Um, I'm thinking virtual reality might be a thing. I... I uh would love <laughs> to see that happen. Uh, uh, I think, you know, it's, it's neat over the last 20 years, you know, uh, in, in a lot of ways, things haven't changed too much. And I think that's good. You know, uh, you know, you, you've, you know, there, there were always sites that mixed sex with the wrestling and they still exist. And there've always been some sites that have kept, you know, uh, the sex out or they've, you know, added in a little bit of sensuality, but it's still, uh, it, it hasn't gone hardcore. And, and I, I like that because I don't like, I don't like hardcore being mixed in with that. It, that's not what it's there for me. 
Uh, so, you know, it'll be interesting to see, you know, I think, I think I've seen that there's been better production than there was back in the day, obviously. Now that it's easier to produce the video in the first place, it kind of allows a little extra funds for the production. And, uh, you know, especially the one thing that does kind of, I, I think is slipping is that uh, there's less trained girls out there than there used to be. Uh, that was one thing that DT was really good about was that they taught their girls how to put on a good wrestling match. Yeah, sure. And, and, you know, you've done that and, uh, you know, uh, a few other producers out there, you know, have done that. Uh, when they try to bring in somebody, they try to, to kind of show them the ropes and whatnot. But, uh, you know, because even back in the day, and, and I, I don't mean to drag our thing out much longer, but, uh, you know, I never knew for the longest time that a lot of the girls who wrestled for DT did pornography. I had no idea. Like, I, I had... Yeah, there's a lot of people who, who yeah, I mean, that, that's a lot of fans will be like, oh, you're a great wrestler. I had uh, my friend uh, who went to the AVN Awards every year. She would just, yeah. like, uh, yeah, there, there'd be guys going up there with, like, you know, just sleeves of, of wrestling photos and no porn for them to sign. Yeah. And that's like, when they knew it was a big deal. I, I had no idea, like, Francesca Lay, I had never had any clue or inkling that she had done pornography. She was Francesca from DT to me. She still is, and all honesty, I've never seen one of her pornography videos. <laughs> Uh, you know, a regular. I don't think I've actually seen any. Yeah, any, any. Even the the women that I've worked with, uh, with who are have done porn, I've yeah. never, I've never um, uh, seen any of that material. Yeah, you haven't crossed the streams. So you know, so yeah. <laughs> you, even then, th those girls had learned how to work a bit, and and I think that like uh, that that's the only thing that I think is kind of fallen by the wayside, but. The other thing that you're seeing now that you didn't see back then, and especially uh, with you, is you're seeing some pros come and do uh, videos with, with producers. And, you know, that was something that didn't really happen. Like, there were a few people who did a little bit of pro, uh, or they were maybe on the indies, and they had done, you know, one or two videos. But, you know, if it wasn't a site that kept it very, very theme towards pro, you know, uh, it, 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 it seemed like, oh, well, you know, you can't have a, a pro wrestler can't do, go do something for a video producer because that's dirty, you know? And I think that the fans have smartened up about things like that. And they're like, no, you know, a, you get work where you can get work. B, if the video itself isn't, isn't anything like that, then why does it matter? You know? So it's, it's been nice to see some folks who, you know, have worked with you and with some other folks and then see them, you know, doing really well in their pro careers. So maybe that's more of the future too, is, you know, you that's see- a, That's a huge, that's, that's actually a really good point. Um, that, that's something, for example, going back to the guy who was giving a shit because, oh, you're, 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 you're filming women wearing, you know, two pieces or you're uh, filming them wearing, uh, I don't know, a one piece with no, no boots. Yeah. Um, you know, stuff like that. They were, they were outraged and we were just kind of, we were very surprised because we were just like, really dude, like this is, this is, this is crazy to you. Yeah, this is the hill you choose to fight on. Yeah. In a field that's basically dramatizing and glorifying violence. Um, 
it just made no sense to me. So yes. I, I do feel like there's there's a couple of wrestlers that initially, I mean, they 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 contacted me and they I, I'm not going to name their names just to you know keep them in the clear, but they're like, I really want to work with you, but I can't because my promoter says I can't. My 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 boyfriend, who's also my manager, says I can't because they they say it's smutty that you're not shooting in a ring. And yeah. uh, and we kind of always laughed at that. We're like, is that is that what defines legit wrestling? Is it the setting? Because I've seen some fucked up shit in a ring, you know, yeah. and I've seen some fucked up shit on mats. Um, to me, it's yeah, it's more about the action. That's hilarious, you know, because you know th there is a company out there that films exclusively in a ring, uh, almost exclusively with female performers, and most of their work is custom work, and it is it is kinky as hell because it'll be a video dedicated to I'm going to get your boot off and torture your feet or I'm going to pull your hair for 30 minutes and do nothing but torment pulling your hair. And you're going to tell me that that's not some guy uh, or, or female guy or a girl. That's not a person who uh, paid money for you to do that to that person on camera so that they can get off to it, you know, but it, but it's in a ring and it looks quasi legitimate. So that's okay. You know, Vince McMahon yeah. had girls, you know, uh, doing strip matches in front of thousands and thousands of people. But you know, the WWE was the place to be, you know, and you, you have uh, not done anything, uh, you know, as, for the longest time, you know, essentially Savage has done some things that are. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why we, that's but why that's, we, we started that website on the side. We wanted right. to kind of keep it separate. And from... that's just, you could look at any video you've done in the past, you know, 20 years, you know, you know, you just now started to slightly get a few things a little bit racy and not even racy by most people's standards. And it is still cleaner and less smutty than half the shit that was going on in the late 90s, early 2000s in WWF or WCW. Very true. Very true. Uh, you know, there, there, were, there were no thongs. There were no bra and panty matches. There were no mud matches. There were no strip fights. You know, uh, it, it's, it's shocking the hypocrisy that people will put on things like that. But I digress. No, and you're absolutely right. Um, and that's kind of a good thing to look forward to is, is the fact that um, possibly in the future, you know, a lot of these women that go into pro wrestling don't have to worry about keeping those things separated. They can, they can go into, because, you know, I mean, when it comes to people who are making it big, when it comes to, you know, big WWE contracts, and I get it. Like, you know, you're making, yeah. you're making a, a hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, per year with a contract, and that's if you have a good one. You're not just under some yeah. sort of, de you know, developmental bullshit. Yeah. Um, but if you're working, you know, like most of these women are, uh, going from small auditorium to small gym to small high school auditorium uh, to do these matches. You're driving 10 hours, you know, each way just to make, you know, 60 bucks. Um, sometimes being able to go to someone's studio and, and shoot, you know, X amount of videos and walk out of there with a grand is a yeah. good payday. It keeps your, your yeah. rent paid and, and you have a good time doing it, you know. Well, uh, you're not hustling to sell your merch, you know, during the 15-minute intermission. Yeah, you know, you're not dealing with people trying to grab your ass while you're walking down the aisle. 
you know, and it's, and that's just it. You, you are not really putting on a match that is half as dirty as a lot of the stuff that's out there. Yeah. Not even. Exactly. So, okay. so yeah, I, I, I look, look forward to a future where, where people are a little more liberated and we'll just start telling promoters, fuck you. You know, it'll yeah. just be like, or their managers just be like, no, I want, if you're going to, if you're going to cut me off from working with this producer, who's willing to pay me, let's say $600 for two videos um, yeah. or three videos or whatever, then you got, you have to reimburse me. You'll have to pay me those $600 because yeah. if you're keeping me from working them just because you feel that they're morally not wrestling, then, you know, fucking put your money where your mouth is. Give me yeah. the money or, or sign me to an exclusive contract that basically promises the amount of money that I would lose by right. not going to these producers. Right. And I'm going to get booked on at least 10 shows. And pro wrestling, especially female wrestling, is still under the umbrella of a very male-dominated kind of hierarchy, you know? Oh, yeah. um, and so I look forward to a future, and I have a lot of pro wrestling friends who are telling me that it's looking pretty bright, where women can kind of do whatever the fuck they want, you know? And they can still be superstars and be porn stars. They can still wrestle and do kink on the side. You know, mm -hmm. they can put out nude photos of themselves and not get kicked off the WWE, you know? Yeah. Um, because in the end, like none of that shit matters, man. You know, it's 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 entertainment and and um, in many different ways, it's entertainment. But yeah, yeah, I think that's the future I'm looking forward to. But uh, that being said, uh, I want to thank Dan for uh, for talking to us today. Um, I like I said, I, this is a deep cut, um, and uh, I think uh, a lot of you guys who are into you know female combat hopefully well i hope that a lot of you guys have enjoyed this um but um i don't think you have anything to plug <laughs> no i i don't i don't sell anything or uh i, I don't really exist on social media uh, mm -hmm. I, I keep my, my my life separate from from those things but uh but you know uh i, I appreciate you having me here to, to talk about it. i love talking about it you know it's one of those things that because i don't spend a lot of time online i don't have uh I don't really connect with a lot of folks to, to discuss it too much, but it's something that, you know, has always been, uh, you know, uh, part of me for better part of, oh, uh, 25 years now, uh, in one way, shape or form. And, uh, you know, so it's nice to be able to talk about it. And I hope, uh, you know, anybody out there who, who was listening who shared the kink, uh, you know, uh, enjoy it, you know, and, and, and talk to people, who you trust about it and you know because it is great to connect about it it's it's nothing to be ashamed of you know you're you know if your kink is something where you are not hurting somebody uh you know physically emotionally uh if you are not doing anything that is uh you know ethically harming somebody uh then it is not something to be ashamed of yeah you know yeah if, if, if it is a harmless thing uh, then you know you, you don't need to to be worried about the fact that you enjoy something like that. It's just the way you're wired, you know. And talk to people about it, and you know, and and whatever it is, you know. I mean, we're talking about wrestling, but you know, here's the thing, you know. I I grew up very straight laced, uh, you know. I stayed very straight laced into my twenties, even though I, I you know I did have this wrestling kink, and then you know as I got older, I I expressed all kinds of things with all kinds of people of all kinds of persuasions. And 
uh, I was much happier for it. So don't, don't be ashamed of who you are. Uh, you know, be worried about the content of your character, not what gets you off. And, uh, you know, as long as you treat people with respect, uh, there's nothing wrong with whatever it is that turns you on or who you think you are and what you want to be. Uh, exactly. And that's one of the things that uh, it's gotten me in trouble with certain people and it's, it's gotten me um, into certain um, circles, people with, you know, the realization that your kinks are something to be celebrated as long as you're doing them safely, um, as long as you're not hurting somebody, as long as you're doing it with consenting adults. Um, right. And, uh, and, you know, I, like, I just, I, ever since I started this podcast or, or got into it deeply, I, I can't pass judgment on someone's sexual proclivities as long as they're not hurting anybody. Yeah. Um, and if you, you know, whatever you're into, man, you know what, that's the other thing I want to end it on is, you know, if you're with a partner and, and you feel like they can handle um, joining in, um, talk to them about it because that's the thing that I've gotten a lot of emails about is, is you know, Hey, I, my wife doesn't know that I'm a wrestler or my husband doesn't know that I'm into this cat fighting thing. And, and how do I break it to them? It's just like it, the way I see it is if, if they love you, they want to see you happy. If I love, uh, you know, the way I put it is like, you know, if I'm with somebody and they tell me, Hey, I really want you to do this. And it's not, you know, it's, I know it's not what you're into. My thing is, dude, if it makes you happy, I will partake. I will, I will enjoy it with you because I know because I'm feeding off of your happiness. I'm feeding off of your sexual, um, completion and, and, and your, your overall positive sexual experience. Um, and so, like I said, just uh, be proud of your kinks as long as you're, you're, you're doing them safe. And uh, if you guys have any questions for us, you know, you feel free to email me. Um, I'm, I, as always, at IamSleeperKid at Yahoo.com. Um, you can find our websites at uh, SleeperKidsWorld.com. You can also go to SKWPPV.com for our clips. And then we have our sister site, um, which is SensuallySavageProductions.com for the, the racier side of what we do. Um, <laughs> And, uh, and thank you so much. And we we'll plan on getting Dan back for some further discussions. We, we should probably do a whole podcast on Sleepy Fetish um, yeah. and other stuff too, you know, just whatever's out there. Maybe have you as a co-host because this was, this was fun. I would love to do it again. All right, man. Well, thank you so much. And you guys have a pleasant evening.